1: some crazy woman rammed the security at Mar-a-Lago which is which, which is Donald Trump's winter white house of course you all know that and she was just found not guilty and i was surprised to hear it until i read further and it said by reason of insanity and then that, and then i thought is trump derangement syndrome becoming an actual diagnosis because we're, i remember that big story about trump trump anxiety disorder and now you have this lady who actually like attacked the facility Well, the reality is she was literally off her meds, but I think it's interesting considering just how insane many people have become. And the crazy thing to me about everything happening is, particularly with the medical narrative going on, if you understand my uh, my reference, the gaslighting, that Joe Biden can come out and say, we're going to stop the spread, we're going to slow the spread, and now we here we are today, and it's just, the gaslighting is insane. As if people can't remember what was said five minutes ago, or they just keep accepting what the media tells them when the story changes every day. At a certain point, I'm like, yo, it's gonna change again tomorrow! But we'll talk about all this. We got a bunch of other stories, too. We got, um, the murder rate skyrocketing across the US. We've got the, de- it's the Democrat in, uh, in Florida talking about Ron DeSantis, or what's her yeah, name? Yeah, Nikki Dem- Fried. Yeah, saying that he was, what, like Hitler or something? Mm-hmm. Wow, well, well, great. Okay. Well, well, joining us to talk about all of the, the absurdities of the modern condition is Carrie Wedler. How's it going?
2: Great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited want, to be here. Do
1: you want to introduce yourself?
2: Sure. I'm Carrie Wedler. I got my start on YouTube. I was radicalized by Ron Paul <laughs> and have evolved since then. I found my way to a news organization called the antimedia.org where I was editor in chief for years until we were banned by big tech in 2018. And I'm still just making my dissident videos out here advocating peace and freedom and, uh, challenging the establishment and the government at large.
3: Sounds fun. Kinda like what Luca's doing, huh? Crazy talk, you crazy <laughs> conspiracy theorist. It's really nice to have my, uh, anti-statist friend here, Carrie Weidler. <laughs> Uh that's why I decided <laughs> to also wear my anti-statist t shirt today that says War is murder, taxation is theft, police are gangs, politicians are criminals. It's one of the 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 you know less serious shirts that I have. It used to be my tagline, when I used to play video games, every time I used to be in a room with random people, I always said that. It started very interesting conversations. Sometimes the eight-year-olds would be like, Oh yeah, definitely. Sometimes other police officers that are playing with me would be like, Okay, we're gonna, we're gonna get angry and it was interesting uh, debates and conversations. But if you like the t- T shirt and you want it, you can get it on thebestpoliticalshirts.com. And because you do, I'm here. Thank you so much for coming, Carrie. It should be a great conversation.
4: I also have my anti-status t-shirt on. It says <laughs> wearechange.org. That's a oh good my. website. I like that. Can, website. I, <laughs> can I get this on the best political t-shirts? Yes, you can. Oh, .com. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I've been <laughs> a big fan of We Are Change for a long time. I'm glad that you were the one that. Well, I don't know. You didn't invent it, but you basically ran it for the. The first 20 years. Well, we all started. It was a youth group in the beginning, but uh, wow. it all expanded
3: and like grew in, in very interesting ways. Way. Yeah. Hey,
4: you guys, follow me at IanCrossin.net. Ian Crosson Ian here. Happy to be here. It's I Jim. am
5: also here in the corner pushing buttons. Very delighted to have a lovely lady in the studio with us and happy to fuel my own personal anarchist fires that I learned about all this <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Let's get going.
1: Don't forget, you can also go to TimCast.com, support us directly as a member, and you will get access to exclusive members-only segments, the TimCast IRL podcast, as well as the knowledge That your membership is supporting all of our journalists. We're hiring some more people. We're going to be expanding our security. We do have some. People are like, why don't you have security? We do have security, but we're going to hire more. And so uh, with your support as a member, we will reinforce the compound. I'm somewhat kidding, but we will add on security. We'll be hiring more journalists. We're going to be working on new shows. And it's all thanks to you. So don't forget to smash that like button. Subscribe to this channel. Share the show with your friends. Now let's get into that first story from the Daily Mail. Connecticut opera singer who rammed through Mar-a-Lago security blockade and narrowly escaped Secret Service bullets in January 2020, is found not guilty by reason of insanity. Hannah Romhild, 32, was found not guilty by reason of insanity on Tuesday. Her attorney said she had a history of mental illness and had stopped taking her medication before she drove through the Mar-a-Lago security blockade. She must undergo psychiatric treatment and counseling and take medications with monthly blood tests to confirm compliance. She pulled her rented Jeep into the parking lot of the Breakers, a luxury hotel, and began dancing on her car and making obscene gestures. She led police in a dangerous chase, where police and Secret Service fired at her vehicle as she swerved checkpoints. She then drove to the airport to pick up her mother, okay, before being arrested at a nearby motel. So I don't know if this lady was actually motivated by anything political, but seeing stories like this, I have to wonder. I was, I was on Twitter... And I saw some people making posts about how their therapist had said this that or otherwise and I thought to myself it's kind of weird that all of these like democrat personalities have therapists right Is there something to this that people with Trump derangement syndrome they don't they need someone to help them think properly be it a, or or maybe a medication help them think properly or
4: I think when you live <laughs> in the military industrial complex in the empire the heart of the empire it's hard not to go crazy I Particularly when I lived in L.A. for like eight, nine years, I thought I needed a therapist. It wasn't until I started speaking my mind on the Internet fluidly daily Monday through Friday that I stopped feeling the need to look outside for help because I'm finding it here within myself or at least in this table. Conversation. Yeah,
3: if you live in major uh, city areas, the likelihood of you having mental health issues actually goes up dramatically compared to the suburbs. But uh, with this particular story, who said it doesn't pay to be crazy, right? <laughs> I mean, she got off, had all of her charges dropped. But on a serious note, there is a mental health crisis that this country is dealing with that is getting worse by the day. And there has been... A lot of circumstantial evidence suggesting that it's because of social media use. Again, circumstantial evidence, co- correlation does not prove causation, but I, I think it's fair to say a lot of people are losing their marbles, losing their minds. There's a lot of doctors easily prescribing SSRIs, easily prescribing uh, addictive painkillers to individuals that have an effect on their life. You want early treatment for, for COVID? No, 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 no. no. Pain kills, SSRIs, poop. You're going to get it right away, which is absolutely uh, crazy with how our medical institution is run today. Dana
1: White brought that up. Yep. You know, he's at a press conference he was like, I bet I can get these pain pills before I can get monoclonal antibodies. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But uh, the other thing too is we were talking about with CNN when, when I think it was like Brian Stelter, he was like, the trauma of January 6th, the journalist's trauma. I'm um, like, they're sitting in an air conditioned <laughs> building in New York City. They're nowhere near the Capitol and they're experiencing trauma. Well, look at this story from Vox back in 2021. People are not okay. The mental health impact of the Trump era. Yo, I, I got a solution. It's not therapy. It's not medication. It's turning off the computer. It's turning off the monitor screen and going and like, I don't know, smelling flowers or
3: something. Turn off yes. the boob tube. Yeah. Like turn off the TV. Turn off the fear mongering. When you look at what the, the corporate media feeds into people's minds, it is absolute trash and garbage. It is some of the most destructive, negative, low vibrational thinking that you could have in your existence jammed down your throat by doctors. Dr. Fauci, by Anderson Cooper, by all these smear merchants saying, breaking news, fear mongering, you're supposed to be afraid because of this today. You're supposed to give up your rights because of this today. You're supposed to live in your pod, eat the bugs, be in the metaverse because it is good for you. And then people are are following those orders, doing what they're told, and they're learning that they're, they're miserable. Gee, I wonder why.
2: Well, I don't think there's anything wrong with therapy whatsoever. I think, and this might be a controversial opinion, but I don't think there's anything even wrong with being emotional. I know there's a big backlash against the left because they're so emotional. Mm. I would argue they are emotional, but it's unmitigated reactive emotion. Being human, you're going to have emotions, but I think the issue here is really that people don't have a container to hold their emotions, and therefore they act out in ways like this. And you end up with chaos all over the place. In fact, I think the solution to that is to be more comfortable with emotion, to be able to, able to better feel it and hold space for yourself and of course others but i think it's people's inability to do that that leads to this chaos over emotional reaction
4: like um pharmaceutical drugs like what do you pinpoint as the the reason why people are having a difficult time with their emotions right now
2: i mean i think people have always struggled with emotions like to be human is to suffer and this is sort of a buddhist belief but i mean who hasn't suffered who hasn't felt difficult emotions i think it's people's tendency to want to avoid the discomfort by say taking pills and i'm not saying it's never appropriate to take Pills if you have a, a mental health condition, I don't know your experience. I don't know why you would be on them, but I think at, obviously they're overprescribed. And I think that's ultimately an attempt by people and the providers to just numb it out instead of just building the inner resources to be able to sit with it.
3: And there's a ton of stuff in our society that incentivizes avoiding feeling, mm-hmm. avoiding mm-hmm. expressing your emotions, avoiding dealing with any kind of hardship or any kind of hard truth realities <laughs> as they're giving everyone medals, as they're congratulating everyone and, and denying them the basic truth of this world that it is difficult. It is hard. It's not fair. Life will never be fair. But these people are told it's always going to be fair. Everything's going to be fine. You're going to get a trophy just by participating. And they're realizing, holy crap, the real world doesn't work that way. They're having a big reality check. They don't know how to deal with those emotions. They go online and they they're consumed by the algorithms that control them or by other adult content, especially young children are doing this, that they shouldn't be watching that rewires their brain to be working in such negative, horrible ways that creates destructive relationships and disharmony in people's personal lives.
1: I think a lot of people over the past seven years, you know, since the start of the media's obsession with Trump have been dealing with an ever shifting news landscape that keeps changing its opinions and mocking people when they don't know exactly what the new narrative is. So if you take a look at like, I don't know, Joe Biden comes out and he says, if you get the vaccine, this is Joe Biden saying this, it's going to stop the spread of COVID, with paraphrasing. Now, that's not true. Today, they say it will reduce the severity of symptoms, but there's a major shift. So if you're somebody who's like, I don't know, you're, a, you're, you're an accountant, you know, you, you don't watch the news all day, every day. You see the story and you're like, okay, I see the president speaking. The news changes. And then you see the news again a week later. And it's it's a 180 from where they were. And now you're sitting there saying like, has anyone noticed this? You're thinking to yourself, something doesn't make sense. And then you go to someone or you go online and you post like, this seems strange to me. And what happens? They attack you for it. You get attacked. You get insulted. You get smeared. I think this is driving people insane. It's making people insane. You look at the news about Trump, and the media lies every single day, and it's escalating and getting worse and worse, and all the lies. Hello, it is
4: Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. is home to hundreds of casino-style games
1: that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BDW. Revoid or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And, and they've still been lying about the guy even though it's been you know a year or a, long, a little bit longer than a year since he was in the office or about, just about a year since he was in office. They keep lying but you can't have these, these different things be true at the same time. But if you try and speak out
4: You'll be attacked for it. seems like there's three types of insanity. There's the people that believe the the narrative shift in, without questioning it. That's a type of insanity, just going with the flow. Then there's the people that question the change in the narrative and call it out and get called insane. And then they start to go insane because they're like, why am I being attacked for questioning this? Then there's the people that see it all and think it's all crazy. Those people are just considered insane. That's kind of where I'm at anyway. I mean, I, I tweet about this
1: stuff and I actually have like prominent politically homeless journalists uh, uh, responding to me saying like, well, the, the new narrative is, is, is this, you know, particularly talking about vaccines. Here's the new narrative. And I'm like, how did, how did we shift in three months dramatically on whatever the narrative is currently? I will not be gaslit. Sorry. I don't care. And so I think what happens is when you have people like this woman, she goes insane. I mean, granted, she was on meds, got off her meds. That I get. But there are a lot of people like this that are angry and insane. And it's because, how do you vent your frustrations with an ever-changing world? You 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 have a world view but it's not solidified because people keep changing and lying. I think Yuri Bezmenov talks about this, demoralization, yes. eventually people are just like I can't tell what's real anymore because the news is changing what they said a month ago and then they And then they drive a car through a checkpoint screaming and dancing and making obscene gestures because they're just – their brains erupt. Yep.
3: In a a sick society, mental illness is a byproduct of of it. And someone uh, said today, and I tweeted this uh, officially, saying that the bankers will ensure that we stay in debt. The pharmaceutical companies will ensure that we stay sick. The weapons manufacturers will ensure that we keep going to war. The media will ensure we are prevented from knowing the truth. The government will ensure all of this is done legally. And I think we're living in this kind of society that has almost every step that people take in it, uh, set for them as a trap that benefits only the ruling elites and creates mass human suffering for everyone else. Sorry, I cut you off, Carrie.
2: That's okay. No, I was just to speak to the gaslighting, especially when it comes to the media, let's just say, let's just say that everything they report now is completely accurate and true and vetted and they're being completely honest. Even then. Given their decades, if not longer, track record of blatantly lying, of blatantly peddling government narratives, you still, like, how are you going to be angry at someone for not trusting them? Even if they were telling the truth right now, because of the history, how could you possibly shame someone for having hesitations?
1: I think it's because you're showing that you're free. You've you've exited the cave where the silhouettes are dancing. And some of these people are aware they're being lied to and they don't have the courage to do what you've done. So they would rather stand with the mob and say, no. Right? Crabs in a bucket. Yes. They're gonna pull you back in, attack you, but I'll tell you this, man. I don't, I don't remember the exact quote from Breitbart that i that has been brought up several times. Something about like, you know, go towards the fire on the other side is freedom. It was something like that. Yeah. I can't remember exactly. But the, what I was told, it was explained to me is that everybody is standing around and there's this wall of fire. They're terrified and they're told by everyone around you, don't go near it. It's bad. And some people say, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna run and jump through it. And on the other side, it's a party, it's a beach, there's the ocean, there's food. And they're like, you made it out. Congratulations. And on the other side is freedom. And there are people trapped inside, scared to come out and find that, yo man, it's freeing, right? The funny thing about this, there was this post that went viral during the, during Trump's first campaign. And it was, someone took a coming out story about a guy who was gay and they changed gay to Trump supporter. And it was funny because it went viral because all the Trump supporters were like, wow, this resonates with me because the person was saying things like I wasn't being true to myself. I was hiding who I was. I was scared that if I told people the truth about what I thought and what I felt, they would attack me and they would smear me. And then it ended up getting picked up because Trump supporters resonated with it when it was applied to their views. I think that was a a, a, a big thing that the internet helped make. It's one of the reasons why censorship is so big. It's one of the reasons why they're trying to ban everybody because community is important to tell you. When you hear that voice on the other side of the the wall of flame telling you, hey, man, we're all chilling. It's fine. Just just jump through and like we're partying and then people go for it. And they're like, this is so much better. I don't have to freak out. It's not confusing anymore. I don't have to worry about those people being attacked. There's a community. They'll support. We will support each other. But for the people who are trapped inside the matrix, it's terrifying.
4: Interesting. Meta- this, your metaphor goes right up along mine. Whereas if the government was like an abusive father in a, in a relationship and like beating up the kids, you and your siblings. And then one night there's a fire in the house and the dad's like, come on, we got to get out. We got to get out. And you're like, no, I don't trust you. You've been abusive. And your siblings are like, dude, it's an emergency, COVID, in this, in this metaphor. It's an emergency. We have to listen to the abusive guy, even though we don't want to because he's the authority. But then you realize the flames aren't hot. I mean, that's, go, along with your metaphor, it's an elusive, emer- well, people, in, it in seems this, to be an elusive emergency. In this, in, it, it's a difficult analogy. I mean, I think
1: COVID is, is nasty, right? I know COVID of- is nasty, but the, yeah, the mean, reaction to COVID is insane. I got right, really exactly. bad. COVID's yeah. nasty, man. Yeah, Ian and I had had COVID uh, uh, like comparably
4: bad.
5: Yeah, you almost died, both of you.
4: Well,
1: that's I mean, an
5: ex-
4: you know <laughs> we were we bit, were yeah. both. It just was tough, like, too early to tell. Yeah, four yeah. days in of no treatment, and I was like, I'm ready to try something. Got to do something. I was I, mean? I, I called the hospital. Yeah, that's how bad I had yeah. it. And I'm like, it's it's seriously bad.
1: But you're right. The the response has been insane. But more importantly, I'm I'm reading the media narratives on social media, and it's just I'm sorry, man. People are insane. They're insane. I'm sorry. If you know that the narrative is bunk on a lot of this stuff, on on policy, especially on mandates, but you keep just agreeing with whatever it is Fauci says next, even though if we were to play every soundbite from every interview, it would be the most nonsensical garbage you've ever heard. If you're going to go along with that, you are willfully lying. You are nuts.
5: Yeah, so I was talking about this on the way home last night, and we came up with the conclusion that it's probably that they have too much sunk into this. This is very much a sunk cost fallacy application because they've wrapped their whole identity into following the leader and to, I guess, for lack of a better expression, following this mass formation psychosis thing where they have one leader. It's very scary. It's very much crisis in Leviathan where they have this big, terrifying emergency and this lovely government leadership is going to come and show them exactly what to do they don't really have because they lack community they lack their families they lack their churches whatever it used to be they're like i have to follow someone i don't really even have any friends which i think is part of the reason that they need some form of therapy even when they may not necessarily just because they lack friends in any kind of social life um and they end up being like okay i can't change my views i have too much invested in this right. i can't change my mind this no. has to be true or else what am i standing for
1: well, if you've if you've invested years into this, right, and now you know you're starting to recognize that Fauci has flip flopped every Crap. day, nonstop. Yeah. I feel like people's brains are just like at this point, just a mishmash of broken, rea- broken reality.
4: I get like war weariness um, from the insanity of twenty five, twenty one years of conquest of war, and pharmaceuticals making people psychotic. I, I'm interested in, to know your perspe- perception on this over the last, I don't know how long you were with Animedia, like decade ago right
2: about, um uh, i started 2014 and we were banned in 2018 were you in
4: journalism before that
2: no <laughs> okay. what was
4: your observation of people going if you i don't even know if you think people have gone crazy but people's mental state over the last decade
2: yeah you know i think there's always been issues i don't i think the people really losing it now it didn't just come out of nowhere they probably already had struggles and things they were dealing with, and then it became much more exacerbated. Like, I think if you're a generally well-grounded person, which I don't know, I don't know how common that is, but I think in general, if you have inner resources, you might be frustrated, you might be scared, but I don't think you can go to the, to the spiral some people have fallen Mm -hmm. into. Because I really see it gets to the point where people are, I mean, you can cite CDC data and people will still tell you you're crazy and you're selfish and you're propagandized and you're literally citing their authority and they'll still, they just, it can't even register for them.
1: Steven Crowder got a strike on YouTube for citing the CDC. Right. And so we, we've talked about that when it comes to uh, the modern vaccine narrative. I'm just like, I don't even know what YouTube's rules are at this point. Because I listen to Dr. Fauci and I'm like, well, if I say that YouTube bans us, because mm-hmm. YouTube says you can't say that, but Fauci's saying it. So I'm like, I don't even know at this point, the pressure is reaching that point where, you know, we're saying like, listen, we want to be reasonable people. We want to talk about what's going on. But when YouTube outright says you can't discuss things that they themselves discuss or CNN discusses, they give Crowder a strike over it. I'm like, yo, you're asking for people for their, their brains to just explode. Because you're backing people into a corner and sooner or later they're gonna say, I'm mad as hell and I'm not
4: gonna take it anymore.
5: Yep. It's
4: true, it's like, uh, given a, if, if YouTube were a, I don't like the metaphor sword fight, but if, if YouTube, and then they give you like a plastic sword because you're not allowed to say the stuff they say. Mm. So like how fun is that? I mean it's, Life-threatening.
5: So I'm not um, going to play. Sorry, Michael it's, Knowles made the observation the other day that it doesn't matter what you say; it matters who says it. Right? right. Stephen Crowder says it. He's gone. Fauci says it. He's fine. Doesn't matter. Anyway, Bill Gates. Yeah. Exactly. Not a doctor. Yeah. Not a Joe doctor. Joe Rogan. Also exactly. not a doctor.
4: I don't like the witch doesn't hunt. Doesn't matter. Like, I saw somebody get banned, I think Carl Benjamin, off of somebody else's. So, like, what'll happen is that rather than target the channel that makes the ban offense, they target the individual that started the channel. So then if they start a new channel with a completely different theme, they'll they'll whack a mole It doesn't make any sense. The channel has not banned any terms and conditions. Mm-hmm. So we, we saw recently
1: Ethan Klein of the H3 podcast, and he announced he was deleting several episodes, uh, two episodes he had with Jordan Peterson. Yeah. I, I feel bad for the guy. A lot of people are mad. They're like, oh, that's a stupid thing to do and cancel culture and all that. And I'm like, dude, did you guys, do you follow him? And do you know why this is happening to him? By all means, criticize Ethan H3 for their politics. That's totally fine. And that's, that's the political landscape. But what's happening is someone went on his YouTube channel from a really old video and they mass reported it. And he got a strike, which took his channel offline for a week. He has employees. He he needs to make sure people are paying the bills. Now, I think his reaction to this was really, really bad. What he ends up doing is saying, I'm going to go back and delete past episodes, which can probably get me another strike. What people need to understand about YouTube and censorship and all that is that I've got, we've got Timcast IRL where it is a variety of people, but includes me talking about news and politics. I have youtube.com slash Timcast news which is me monologuing. Right. And then YouTube.com slash Timcast, which is me talking about big stories of the day. But they're so similar. I was told by YouTube that if I get one strike on any of these channels, even though they're different shows, I can't do any of the
4: shows. That doesn't make sense because if someone on one of your shows, like a guest, does something, that that happen. doesn't make sense for you to have any kind of issues. I, I think you guys should revisit that. Nope. YouTube
1: has outright said, we don't care. Yeah, so if sense, the man. show is, is in any way related... When you get a strike, you're done. So you can't work for a week. Mm-hmm. And that means that this is kind of, I mean, today we would just go on Rumble. We would say, okay, so this is what I, I was saying in a video. I talked about this with Ethan Klein. I said he should have went on Rumble and set up his podcast there and just said, here's why we're taking these episodes down. We'll upload them to Rumble so people can watch them. Instead, he went the political route. And I disagree with this even Klein has long been a comedic edge Lord where he said offensive things and that's why they're going after him. But the reason he's taking down these podcasts in my opinion with Jordan Peterson is because they can go to a three or four year old video, get it flagged because YouTube changed the rules later on and then his whole company gets shut down. So his response to all this was, I'm taking it all down. He's his he been losing subscribers for whatever reason. I don't know. I think this may be related to it because he did this thing with Hassan Piker, the left wing streamer. They they did his collaboration and then he lost a ton of he gained a bunch of subscribers and lost a ton of subscribers. I wonder if in his mind he's thinking, yo, I don't care about politics. I'm just a a a comedian guy, but they're going to destroy my business unless I bend the knee. His choice was to fall in line and bend the knee. I think it's a mistake, but I certainly understand his fear of censorship. Now, this is my speculation. I could be wrong. But why would someone go in and delete old shows? There's no reason to do that. He nuked 8 million views off his channel. And in my opinion, it's because the culture war is escalating. The left and probably the right will go after his old videos. I'd be willing to bet there are people who are going to start flagging his content because he's announced he's doing left-wing content with his son.
3: And you could never appease the mob. So mm. no matter how many times he apologizes, there's still clips of him saying some absolutely absurd stuff in the name of free speech that people are going to bring up and use against him. The strategic move that should have been done here is build your own platform, build up your own website, build up uh, your own subscription model, have an alternative to YouTube because all the writings were on the wall even in 2008. I remember making videos in 2008 being like, hey, YouTube – It's not going to be a a space that is is going to be respecting free speech. And we're going to be seeing this platform restrict speech more as we go on. And of course, this is why I built my website, my email list. And even if they do take me down, Fine. I have alternatives. I have other ways of even getting payments. There's, there's ways that we have moved away from this big system. And I think YouTube recognizes that, that, that they're not the, the all and be all right now, that there's alternatives and a lot of people are exploring those. I know you did. And it's been extremely strategic. It's been extremely smart. And I wish other people would just implement those same measures and not be into this uh, control grid
4: that we're all in. in that
1: case, I pronounce you lucky.
0: Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: You can't stop the internet.
0: Mm-mm. That's what it is. Mm-hmm.
1: They're trying to. The establishment desperate and and the elites, the billionaires, many of these ultra wealthy individuals, they desperately want to be back in that world where there were five channels. They all marched in lockstep on all the news stories. They all backed up the, the the government and the major corporations. They were they could easily snap their fingers and get us involved in a war and say Iraq like the New York Times did. And now it's difficult. Now some random dude in a beanie point, screams at a camera for a few <laughs> years and people watch the show. And how do they get rid of it? Well, they could outright ban it. They go after Steven Crowder. They give him a strike even though he's just citing the CDC. That's a really good example of how they'll lie, cheat, and steal. But there are limits. If they go too hard, then people revolt And they'll just make new platforms. Then the establishment is playing whack-a-mole. Game of cat and mouse. They'll, they'll go after, you know, Gab and accuse them of all this other, you know, nonsense, try and get them banned, and then Gab builds their own infrastructure. Rumble emerges, gets massive institutional investment. These establishment political powers are losing, in my opinion. Free speech is winning. Gun rights are winning. And in that regard, I will say I'm fairly optimistic that authoritarianism will not be able to prevail because there's nothing they can do to silence us. They can shut down our Twitters, but then Getter pops up. Getter might get crushed, but then people will go to Gap. It's never going to stop. The internet exists and they need to learn to deal with it.
4: it I think that they're trying to instill a, a civil war though in the United States. Now they've gone, they've given up on trying to censor people into submission. Now they want to see the US fight itself so that corporate governance can can take hold. I, I kind of disagree. I mean, we look at the latest statements made by
3: the President of the United States. He was begging social media companies and the corporate media to start censoring, quote, misinformation, all in the name of keeping everyone safe. Dr. Fauci on the World Economic Forum also on his Zoom call was saying, we need to fight disinformation for everyone's health. People are understanding what's going on here. The German government is even proposing on banning Telegram. I love Telegram. I have a lot of fun on Telegram. It's one of the platforms that has truly risen and has allowed people to talk to each other without any algorithms, without any central controllers, without anyone dictating what you can and cannot see. People are having real honest civil discussions for the German government. That's a big no, 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 no. We got to ban that. We can't allow the plebs to talk to each other. How dare they share ideas and have informed consent about the decisions that the plutocrats and billionaires make for them? Obviously, it's it's ridiculous to, to p- portray this concept that they're caring for us by limiting our speech. That's a ridiculous concept and a concept that has been used historically to oppress people, enslave them, and to murder them. That's the true lesson of history that we're learned here. So this is why they're still trying to censor speech, in my opinion. Yes, again. Less
4: less that it's – I used to think that the goal was to censor the speech and be done with it. Now I'm starting to think the goal is to take control of the world's governance with a corporation, and then the censoring the speech is a byproduct of that or is a step well, they, on the way towards it. I would
3: argue that they already did it in some ways. Did what? took over the corporate uh, overlords have taken over government and are using them as a tool oh, as a vehicle down. for their own hands uh, down uh, yeah
1: Mark Zuckerberg knows when you poop and and, uh, and it's yeah. a funny it's a funny way to explain the concept but the algorithms the AI of Facebook knows when you will have a bowel movement they know who you will vote for they can then influence you Facebook ran experiments on people without their knowledge to see if they could make them depressed fact check me on that one.
5: Yeah, I could ago. be wrong,
1: but my, my understanding no, was yeah. they flooded people's feeds with negative information to see if they would get sad, and it worked.
3: Yeah, it was psychological experiments on unsuspecting Facebook users. I've been talking about this for a number of years now, and this is what they were doing openly, admittedly, testing and manipulating people's emotions with the algorithm, seeing how they could change their emotional state. And if they're doing that with emotions a couple years ago, I think this was over 10 years ago. What do you think they're doing now on such a complex level with the algorithm only gaining and becoming more stronger? So if they can make you sad with the algorithm, imagine what else they could make you do if they tweak the algorithm in different ways. They can make you find a wife. They that's can make true. you
4: find your significant other, and it's the one that they want you to find. That's called eugenics. Wow, dude,
3: that's creepy, but it's true,
1: <laughs> Yeah,
4: If
3: you look at everything the establishment pushes, it's it's pushing a system that de-incentivizes the family unit, that perverses people's own sexuality, that bastardizes any kind of semblance of, of love and respect and harmony for the fellow human being. If you look at every aspect of it, it's to destroy families and the future of this country well so so going back to the to the ethan klein thing with jordan peterson a lot of people
1: on the left and the right made this about tribal politics and so i decided to take a look i was like why would you delete eight million views off your youtube channel i was like even if even if he he doesn't like jordan peterson There's a lot of videos he should be deleting because the things he cited, he's got other videos of that stuff. So why just Jordan Peterson? So I went and looked at his YouTube stats and I looked at his charitable stats for his podcast. And then I saw that there was a period where he was, you know, he was getting hit and he was losing subs. Then I saw he posted on Instagram that people flagged his old videos and got his company shut down. And he said, I've got 10 employees. I've got to pay them. I owe rent. And they shut my company down. And I'm like, there it is. They have successfully coerced him into playing ball with tribal politics. I think it's a mistake. I think he should have stayed true to himself, and he would have been—he would have been a hero of those he he, he long stood for. But I want—I want to throw it to to you, Kerry, because you work for anti media, <laughs> and there was something that uh, I think was missed by Project Veritas, and I—I I could be getting the story wrong. So again, you should fact fact check me on this one. It's been—it's been several years, but I remember Veritas did this expose on—I think it was Pinterest, and there was this blacklist. Uh, live action was blacklisted. It's a—it's a, it's a pro life organization, and Project Veritas pointed that out. When I was looking at their video when I saw this report, it lists anti media. And I saw that and I was like, Whoa, 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 whoa. I was like, James and Veritas, I think they missed it because they didn't know what it was. They all have everyone has their biases, whether well intentioned or not. And I think Veritas missed that. An anti-war, anti-establishment website was also being censored. So, so what happened with all that?
2: I actually didn't even know that Pinterest had censored us. I, I just—I think I'm, it was
1: Pinterest. Sorry. Okay. Just, yeah. Well, I, I remember,
2: and I could be wrong, but I think I remember seeing that Google had blacklisted us, which makes sense because we could never get accepted into Google News. We'd apply and apply, and we couldn't get in, even though other independent media outlets could. Um, and I, this actually reminds me because we were talking about gaslighting and the, the way the media operates, and it's. So after the 2016 election, the Washington Post came out with an article about all the misinformation and it was all spread by, you know, Russia. Russia was behind it and all these news outlets had were spreading misinformation to benefit Russia. And we were put on a list. Made by an anonymous group, they were called Proper Not. You can look up this article. Search Washington Post. Prop I was on not. there
3: too. Yeah, We Are yeah, Change was could, on that list as right. well. And I was like, "What? I'm a Russian asset? Right? And <laughs> I'm Polish. Like, how dare you? Sorry,
2: go ahead. Well, but it's crazy <laughs> though because I I was I worked for an organization called the Anti Media. Like, I was clearly i had already made I had already. Broken ties with the mainstream media. And I came from the left. I was a, you know, pretty mainstream Democrat voted for Obama. And so I went through quite an evolution away from that. But even then seeing my name on that list from an authority figure, the Washington Post, I, I was like, wait, am I in some way supporting Russia? What have I done? And I'm like, this is driving me insane because I'm so actively, I mean, we wouldn't even quote RT unless it was like a Russian general. You know, we were so careful about not being aligned with state. Or with governments, with state-sponsored media, with really being accurate, and it got in my head so much. And then, of course, I was angry because I was like, D- "How are you gaslighting me this hard that I'm questioning my own integrity and my own practices when I know them better than any person at proper, not any anonymous person?" Um, but it definitely, th- when the bans happened, it was it happened right after Alex Jones. So I don't know if you had a specific question, but it was... No,
3: no, just, just what happened. Well, well I think yeah. it's important to also understand you were deplatformed in, in on many different social media uh, mm-hmm. organizations. Can you tell us how you were deplatformed, how you dealt with it, uh, where you are now?
2: Yeah. So it's interesting because we actually had a Facebook representative working with our page. And that, this is back when Facebook was really big. It was still one of the major platforms. Nobody uses it anymore. I mean, nobody I know, but I don't use it. Um but we had lost a lot of reach following the 2016 election. We used to have at one point I had the most viral article in the world, like based on metrics. So we wow. were we were really getting reach. And it wasn't just us, it was our partner partner organizations, the Free Thought Project, it was the Mind Unleashed, and it was always anti-war, police accountability, anti establishment, anti-cronyism. You know, we talked about solutions, we talked about you know any, I'm sure things that people care about. And uh, then out of nowhere, let's see, Alex Jones was banned August 2018, and we were banned October 2018, right before the midterms. And we'll never be able to prove exactly why. We got a very generic notice of, like, inauthentic ba- – no, that was Twitter. That was – wait, I can't keep track of all the places we were banned. Antimedia was banned on Facebook. I believe they said um, – it was something about manipulative behavior. We didn't do any of that. We just posted our articles. We had partner pages. But regardless – that was in the morning. I think it was a Tuesday. A Tuesday morning, we got that notice. And by the afternoon, Twitter had banned us as well. And my personal account was banned.
1: I think they're trying to homogenize the media narrative. Yep. And so there mm-hmm. were too many voices. The ecosystem was expanding. It's expanding. It was expanding rapidly. And even right now, it's really difficult for people to get started on YouTube because they want to make sure there's a very narrow path you can walk. Right. Only if you have an acceptable
3: voice. The, you and got- the corporate ties. So if you're tied into major, major special interest in corporations, you're going to get pushed in the algorithm. You're a Joe Schmo. You have absolutely no chances of making it. What they're doing right now is they've isolated, they've, they've, they've secretly, in my
1: opinion, based on the data, quarantined channels like this one and many others. Now, I, I think we were quarantined for some time, but we were, we, we had that lifted for some reason. I think, you know, we, we are on the edge of what they like, they find tolerable. And I've often explained it as a pressure release valve. If they ban too many people at once, everyone just jumps ship and goes somewhere else. Mm-hmm. But if they want to control people's thoughts, what they'll do is they'll ban some and then make sure channels like this one remain so that people won't leave the platform and they can keep feeding them a narrative. So I, I've, I've talked about this in terms of, of effective censorship versus what a lot of these companies had been doing, saying that if you if you give people clear rules and, and understanding, they'll follow it. But if you ban them outright, You make them jump ship to other platforms where they maintain and push and and double down i think that's what they're doing i think the reason so we were blacklisted for a while this channel you couldn't google search it you type in the name and you would get facebook instead of youtube you type in youtube and try and nothing none of it would come up some that that changed i think at some point last year Mm -hmm. and it was funny we mentioned on the show then the next day everyone's like hey you're not blacklisted anymore and i'm like interesting the first time Mm -hmm. i
4: mentioned dmt
1: all of a sudden, they it's were not, like. Not that's true, it. by the way. <laughs> that's, that's what again. I like to think. The machine elves set us free. I well, talked about psychedelics. They were like legit. No, like, <laughs> <like, laughs> to, 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 to put it simply, I think the reason anti media gets banned, the reason why Alex Jones gets banned, the reason why they're going after Crowder, is because they have the 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 the, the road they've paved, and if
4: you walk off of it, you're out. What gets yeah, but, me is that you got banned on Facebook and then later in that same day on Twitter. That makes me think that it wasn't someone at Facebook called someone at Twitter and was like, hey, that it was somebody above both organizations was like, it's time. That's what it makes it seem like. But I that's... And that's the thing is, I theory. can't
2: claim anything with certainty, and I'm not going to because I don't know, but they had started working with the Atlantic Council. They're, I think it's called the Digital Forensics Research Lab, and they were supposed to be analyzing social media and helping platforms like Facebook and Twitter weed out anything yeah. that could threaten democracy and, and hurt the integrity of elections. And that
3: council was connected with Henry Kissinger, mm-hmm. who, of course, is also a very big fan favorite of We Are Change when we were conducting interviews of him, and obviously that didn't play a role in us getting hit on the Facebook and, and YouTube and Twitter and all that other stuff. Last year, by the way, uh, the Facebook page that I run on, on We Are Change got a strike because we posted a screenshot of the CDC website talking about breakthrough cases. Louder Recrowder got hit for mentioning CDC statistics. So it, it, it's not even just walking the tight rope. Even if you regurgitate the narrative back at them, they still have the indecency to try to destroy your livelihood, take away everything you worked so hard for, all in a moment's notice because you're not helping the multinational corporations. You're not helping the special interest. You're not helping the billionaires class. You're not helping Henry Kissinger, Bill Gates, and all these other people push their agenda onto everyone else. So it, it, it's becoming sick and twisted to such a degree that you can't even talk about the official story anymore. Well,
2: well- and it's... it's- It's so telling, too, because the things we care about, the things that we covered, war, empire, police brutality, mass surveillance, these are things that to many people on the left who are principled, this is not taboo to discuss. We're not talking about things that are out. We weren't, you know. We weren't, we weren't noticeably right-wing in any way, so all I'm left to believe is that whoever made these decisions didn't like the lens we were framing it in. It wasn't that we were anti-war, it wasn't that we were against the empire, it was that we were framing it through an anarchist lens that was completely outside the realm of political solutions, like voting, or something that people would consider acceptable. We were advocating an overhaul of the entire thing, and I'm left to, I mean, again, I can't say with any kind of certainty, but it seems like that was the issue. I
1: wanna, I wanna address, uh, one of the super chats, before we move on to the next segment, normally we would just save it to the end. But people have pointed out that Ethan Klein has very, very offensive shows where he makes you know racial slurs and he says things like that and and homophobic slurs. Oh yeah, yes, yes, yes. I I, I know, and I don't think that changes my point. I think my point is. Him getting rid of the Jordan Peterson episode is because he's scared of the left going after him and getting him banned. So he's siding with them in hopes that it protects him and they won't go after it's,
4: him. It's a, the metaphor, again, is like if a doctor is like, hey, they, you have an infection. We're cutting it off. And you're like, ah, and then you start looking around at your body. You're like, that might be an infection. That looks like an infection. I'm cutting it off. He cuts well, that off. That might be an infection. Then everywhere he looks, no, 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 he no, starts no. to see potential infection. So no, he's no, no, cutting no. his you, own you're, you're, you're videos what, off. You're missing basically. what I just said.
1: He has a video on his channel, someone mentioned, where he says racial slurs over and over and over again. He hasn't deleted it. It's not an issue of him saying, I've done something wrong. It's an issue of him saying, and this proves my point, it's not about him agreeing with the left. It's not about him actually disagreeing with Jordan Peterson. It's about him saying, this is what will get me banned if leftists flag my videos. They're not going to go after his IDubs thing. They don't care about IDubs. That's, that's what they're, they're mentioning. I dubs the interview. They're going to go after Jordan Peterson, which will get him in trouble. So I, I think he's, he's he, whether, whether he wants to acknowledge it or not, I think this plays a big role in his political shift. He's scared of getting canceled. He's siding with them in hopes they don't flag his content.
2: But you're saying he has homophobic content he's not deleting?
1: So I, I I wouldn't call it homophobic. I would okay. say that he's intentionally being offensive as possible by saying a racial and homophobic slur together over and over again. And he hasn't. Right. Go, he, I would think that would be the
2: first thing he would want to delete if he's concerned about people on the left coming after him.
1: Not um, not if he sides with them. You see, Oh. Okay. are they going to go after a YouTube, a YouTuber? No. Are they going to go after Jordan Peterson? Yes. So he starts agreeing with them. He starts defending them. He starts saying, this seems safe and acceptable. They're not going to flag my content, but they would flag Jordan Peterson. I'm not saying he's the smartest guy in the world. I'm not saying he's perfect. And there's another comment where they're saying, I'm just defending him. I'm like, dude, first, first and foremost, I don't agree with his politics. That's fine. Criticize the guy all day and night. I'm pointing out, there are people, like this is a guy who is just an edgy comedian. What does he know about politics? He's even said he doesn't know. And now he's getting inundated with attacks. So he decides... To stay safe, to survive at all costs, like, um who mentioned this? uh the other, Was it the other day they mentioned the Gulag Archipelago? Yeah. It's James. James?
5: Yeah, James O'Keefe. Right,
1: right. He was mentioning survival at all costs. So, That's yeah. what this is. And it's strategic. If he really cared about what the left was saying, if he really believed it, he would have deleted that episode. He didn't. Mm. Which
4: says to me, it is his fear of the culture war. I got more that it, he wanted to do a high-profile takedown of Jordan Peterson for views. That was my... That but was he didn't make my... a video about it.
1: He just tweeted. I mean, about I'm sure it. he talked about it on his new channel, but I don't think he's even done a full podcast. Yeah, you're right.
3: Episode. There's
4: more to, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he also everyone, everyone's,
3: everyone's talking about him now, which also achieved the goal of getting attention for this, which could have been something that he was seeking potentially.
4: And if he removed a bunch of ones, it wouldn't be, now he gets to do, he can remove a video every two weeks and stay in the limelight. Nice job, Ethan. Come on, dude. Let's, let's, let's talk about this story we got right here from, from the post millennial.
1: CNN plans to create a team dedicated to covering misinformation. Oh, good. Do you feel like you have to jump down every rabbit hole you see? Do you get mad when you see liars taking advantage of people? I do. Like Jake Tapper and Brian Stelter. <laughs> and um, I'm, I don't even, I don't even, what was this guy's Jim name? Costa. L- Jim Acosta. Jim Acosta. Tubin. No, that's, that's not Tubin. He's uh. so irrelevant, I forgot the guy's <laughs> name.
5: Yeah.
1: But these people lie. Nonstop. Then they go on their TV channel that's, that's dropped in ratings by 90%. Reliable and sources. they're, they're, yeah, reliable sources. I think, I love the irony of the name, right? Imagine, imagine a fire department called like flaming fire truck.
5: You'd be like,
1: that, I don't know if I'd want them to come. Like fire but the fire's fire. free, Tim. A fire truck on fire is the best way to explain what reliable sources on CNN means. Mm. It is one of the least reliable sources. And now they're going to be telling us, that they're making this, you know, anti-disinformation show. Alex Koppelman says, some very exciting media jobs tell you. I'm hiring three people for a new CNN team dedicated to covering misinformation. Thread about the team and job starts here. Please feel free to share far and wide. And if you're interested, reach out or apply at the links. You know, part of me is frustrated that we talk about CNN because when I learned that their ratings were down by over 90 percent and they were getting between like 70 and 100,000 in the key demo, I was like, wow, we should just not talk about them anymore because they're (laughs) irrelevant. But they still do have institutional authority. YouTube props them up, puts them on the front page, and then you get 100 million plus YouTube views. So we need to make sure we're calling out all of the lies and manipulations from CNN. This is like Ian doing
3: anti-drug commercials. This makes no sense at all. This is like the ultimate epitome of hypocrisy that we have to deal with. CNN being fact checkers? Are you kidding me? Like, I mean, what kind of parallel universe are we living in where they think they could pull this off? I mean, they have no credibility. They, they have been lying to the American people nonstop. Twenty four seven fear mongering and and they're losing the audience because the audience understands like hey I don't want to be spoken down to I don't want to have my you thoughts know, controlled I'm, I don't want to have my perspectives limited to what you want me to think they're the perfect representatives they're PR for the special ruling elite and they're nothing else but that I'm I, I get uh, uh,
1: angrier and angrier you know seeing what these people do and uh, maybe there's a lot of people who who watch them and don't understand why I would be so like you know so 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 pissed off at the thing CNN does or MSNBC. And you know, just watching Rachel Maddow on the verge of tears when the Russiagate scandal was proven, the Russiagate thing was proven false, she was almost crying.
0: With the Lucky land Slut, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: I think I, I totally understand why so many people were, were were laughing and so happy to see that pain. Schadenfreude. To see these evil people lie for now, now I've been doing it forever, you know, but it's gotten so bad. And for the the, the nerve of these people to, to just keep pushing the lies, like uh, Cuomo, Chris Cuomo, faked being in quarantine. We all know it. And they still keep lying. What pisses me off is that people keep falling for it.
4: Well, I didn't fall for this bit. When you look at this picture of these dudes, I see airbrushed photography, <laughs> really bright light coming from the left, shadow on the right to make him give this angelic glow. It just it just oozes with with crap.
2: Well, it's so actually that's Jake Tapper on the left, right? Yeah. yeah. I feel really sad about Jake Tapper because I remember during the Obama years he confronted, yeah, he I want to say Jake Carney. Bad.
5: What? He was the least bad. Yeah,
2: he confronted <laughs> Jake Carney. I think it was about the kill list, about Obama's kill list. And he was really forceful about it. I think it's probably still on YouTube. And then fast forward to the Trump years, and he's having a tantrum meltdown because Donald Trump didn't thank John McCain in the NDAA (laughs) spending bill. Are you going to talk about indefinite detention built into that bill? You're going to talk about the billions of dollars spent on Empire? No, no. He's going to thank John McCain for his service because Donald Trump didn't. And it's just so sad to watch.
1: I I wonder about that, too. Like, you know, we get wrapped up in so much of this culture war stuff, even talking about CNN. I wonder if that's what keeps us safe on YouTube. Because if we started talking about the NDAA, indefinite detention provision, and Obama and Biden killing kids, and the corruption, and we start getting deep on foreign policy, I bet then they would nuke us. Yeah, that
4: would be an example of not playing ball. Right now, we're actually playing tennis with CNN, (laughs) talking about how bad they are. We're keeping them prescient. uh, And relevant by talking about them. Yeah.
2: But I do wonder, like, who do they think this is for? Like, benefit of the doubt, they just have poor strategy, and they think that they're going to actually reach people mired in disinformation. Like benefit of the doubt they're really doing they think they're being really honorable journalists and they're trying to stop the spread of misinformation but in reality who's going to watch this it's people who already agree with them so that kind of just serves intentional or not to deepen the divide and deepen the polarization where the people watching the show can be like "Ah, look at those idiots look how stupid they are that they would believe that i'm better than them they're other than me and all that really does is perpetuate the division that's already so severe
4: uh, can you tell me the difference between misinformation and disinformation one is accidental, one's intentional. Right. Yeah. <laughs> What's intentional offhand, if you don't Misinformation know? Misinformation is
1: when people are just wrong and
2: disinformation. Oh, okay. right. that I may have sense. used that incorrectly or interchangeably, but yeah.
4: I'm looking at this digital, digital forensic research lab from the Atlantic Council, and they're, <laughs> they're out to study disinformation and expose falsehood. And Ooh,
2: intentional propaganda. That's oh, what yes. we were doing.
4: Intentional propaganda, <laughs> disinformation. That's the CIA's main main operate right. modus operandi is is disinformation right
2: and what's so funny is with the anti-media for example it was our strategy to as often as possible cite mainstream news just to say what are you going to say we're quoting you and if you dig into a lot of those mainstream articles the information is there they just don't lead with it they don't emphasize it it's you know it's a byline or a, a scrolling marquee on a on a tv channel but it's it's most of that information is out there. The New York Times was reporting on Obama's kill list during the Obama years. It's not that they're not covering it. It's just it's not propped up and blasted, and it's not forced into the the biggest narrative that they're pushing.
1: Let me ask you guys a question. Don't look at the screen. All right, we'll start with uh, with you, Carrie. <laughs> CNN, 11 p.m. slot. How many viewers in the key demo do you think Don Lemon got?
2: What's the key demo?
1: 25 to 54. Oh. Are, they oh, call it the money gone. demo. I mean... Major cable network CNN. They're in hotels. How many key demo viewers do you think they would get?
2: Generously seventy five thousand. I you're, don't know. What's you're the... cheating because that's, no, that's really? it, 74,000. Oh, is 000. it really? No, nice. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't look. I swear. That's one
1: day. <laughs> MSNBC, eleventh hour. How many? How many? How many think they got in the key demo? Fifty thousand. Eighty thousand. Eighty five thousand. Eighty. <laughs> and then Gutfeld on Fox News. Two
5: hundred.
1: Three hundred and forty-three yes, thousand. Right. Close-ish. So if you if you look at their ratings in general with the older crowd, it's a bit higher. Mm-hmm. I think it's uh, three hundred forty-seven thousand. When you when you go to like nine p.m., it's one hundred and sixty-nine thousand in the key demo, so it's a little bit better than that. Ten p.m., one hundred thirty-four. But Hannity's getting half a million. Carlson's getting five hundred fifty-nine thousand. The interesting thing is, this is what's crazy to me is, our numbers are not too far off from that. Now that's in one hour. For us, in about an hour, we are getting like 150 to 200 thousand key demo viewers. This show is rivaling the
4: likes of CNN.
1: How many? I just want to say, like, be optimistic. Yeah, we
4: we are winning. How many interactions does CNN get? Zero, Zero. because that's they're not built for it. It's an old media form, right? And how many people are passively watching it? And how many people are taking it
3: seriously? And And how many people are watching it just for the lows and just for the ridiculousness? How many people are trapped in an airport? You know, I'm not I'm a hotel no, no no hotel hotel lobbies because
1: the airport thing ended they, they canceled that contract do
4: smart tvs measure if like three people are watching them now have they figured out how to do that
1: I don't know but I have to imagine you know I've I've gone to a, I've been in a lot of airports and whenever I would go in they would have seen it on and I don't, I don't mean like they they do these they used to do this deal where the airport tvs are played I mean like i would go to a lounge for like the, the United Lounge or the American Lounge and they would have three TVs and they'd be playing like CNN and maybe sports. And I'd be like, can you turn that off? And they'd be like, yeah. And they would pull up the remote and they would turn it off. i be like, I don't care what you put on. Just change the channel. Because <laughs> that stuff is mind-melting garbage. Is and this, you know what? I did favors. Is your key it demo number
4: from one night? Is that what that is? In one so, night so they would get 70 grand? We,
1: we actually, uh, you know, Tim Cast IRL gets, we do the two-hour show. And it's, it's close to like half a million in the key demo within two hours. So if we were I don't know after one hour it's actually like two-thirds of the views of the first hour and then it goes down so we're probably getting like 250 to 300,000 key demo viewers in one hour and if you look at that we're, 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 we're half of Carlson we're around half of Handy or Laura Ingram or Gutfeld, which makes sense but we're like at or or, or, or twice as much as what CNN and MSNBC get. Granted, Rachel Maddow beats us. You got 300, 311,000 key demo viewers.
3: Was it you that I was shooting this TV Be Gone video with a couple yes. years ago? We were, we were literally couple, walking that around. that was a
1: decade ago, bro. <laughs> well,
3: yeah. we well, yeah, potato, potato. But <laughs> there, there's this like, t- there's this TV Be Gone, uh, d- device that literally was able to turn off every single television. Me and Tim went on oh, yeah. doing important work by literally walking around and shutting off all the corporate media <laughs> that was in Times Square, in restaurants, in, the, of course, uh, uh, you know, major bars and entertainment areas. It got tense a couple of times when I had that with me on other occasions when we weren't filming. But uh, we literally made a video of like, we got to save people and we're going to use this device by turning off TVs everywhere. We actually we accidentally turned off a menu for, for a <laughs> pizza restaurant. <laughs> I remember that. Because yep. <laughs> th- when you press it, it just automatically gives all the TV codes uh signals all at once and, and turns it all off. But seriously... Turn off the programming. Turn off the conditioning. Watching CNN, it, it's nauseating. It, it raises your blood pressure. It's nothing but but constant low vibrational fear nonsense crap. And it really doesn't serve you in any way, shape, or form. It doesn't keep you informed. It does the opposite of that. It makes you uh, misinformed about what's we, really happening in this world.
1: I can't remember who we were talking about with this, but you go to YouTube and you search for a news story. Like if you're not going to get a YouTuber. You're going to get CNN, CBS. The crazy thing is, if you search for something on YouTube that might not be related to news, you'll get news. You search for anything political, and instead of getting information from like an educational source, you'll get CNN, you'll get CBS or PBS. It's just weird.
2: And it's fascinating, too, because their numbers aren't that great, even getting prioritized by these big tech platforms. I remember Facebook had a whole program, it must have been 2015-16, to prop up reliable news sources. And it was like Fox News, CNN, MSNBC. And even then, they still weren't getting the engagement and the reach and the shares that people like the the anti-media was getting. Not just us, but a lot of independent news organizations. And that was being not only having huge followings, but also being propped up by these institutions. Anderson
3: Cooper, Mr. Vanderbilt, had a special deal with Facebook that literally was making sure that they had Facebook-exclusive content available to everyone, shoving it down their throats, shoving it down their algorithms. And they were playing it in my newsfeed, everyone's newsfeed, and they stopped that partnership because no one was watching it no one wants to watch uh deep state television no one wants to to watch something that disrespects their intellect in the basic understanding of human life and uh i i remember there used to be a time a few years ago where i would just have cnn on because they weren't as sensationalistic they weren't as bombastic they weren't as crazy but still back then even a few years ago i would have it on because they would have you know good breaking news coverage and i would i was monitoring the news and it was somewhat okay still kind of uh low vibrational but not as bad now I literally feel sick watching them. I, I literally feel nauseous, and I'm like, I can't. This is this is this is absolutely uh, a weaponized infotainment that's meant to hurt people in so many extensive ways. That's, let's um,
4: let's um, terrain theory of disease, Luke. Your your body is mirroring the neurons of the people you're watching. So when you watch one like Brian Stelter, and he's all stressed out and hates his life, that you're going to start. Your body is going to start mimicking that behavior of stress maybe not necessarily but that's the the theory of like terrain theory of disease is involved with that and mirror neurons and things like that i think absolutely part of it, if you hear someone sniffling on the phone when you're talking to them it might actually make you sniffle you know because you start or to, yawning yawning is another example of it let's so let, watch let's, out what you expose your brain to
1: let's do a hard segue <laughs> and we'll talk about what's going on with the truckers we got the story from global news crossing delayed monday at manitoba u.s border as truckers protest vaccine mandate have you guys seen this a bunch no. of truckers blocked both directions, the, Can- the Canadian-U.S. Wow. border, so that it was, it, was, it was difficult to enter and difficult to leave because Canada is going to be imposing a vaccine mandate where if you are an, a U.S. citizen, a trucker, you can't enter Canada unless you're vaccinated. And if you're a Canadian trucker and you enter and you're not vaccinated, you have to quarantine. So naturally, people are protesting. And uh, at a time when there's already shortages, at a time when the policies in this regard have already failed... It seems like – I'm sorry, man. I know people don't like hearing it, but it's almost intentional gutting of the system because you know truckers aren't going to go for this,
3: and you know without them you won't get food. So why do it? It's like they're trying to destroy the economy on purpose. It's like they're trying to have something like a great – reset. It's like they're trying to destroy the current system that we're living under in order to rebuild back a new one that works in their favor. And I I think chaos is the name of the game. I think that's what they're trying to achieve. There's always this kind of prevailing idea of order out of chaos and if you look at a lot of the moves that governments have been making throughout human history, those are the moves that they're making. They create chaos, they thrive off that situation, they create the problem, they have a reaction that they know is going to be created by it, and of course then they bring in the solution which works in their favor because wanna, there's no explanation. This is not based on any. Why are they doing this? There's there's no science. There's no data. Wanna, there's no information saying that this is going to help anyone except destroy the economy. We got the story from Tim Cast. Federal government moves forward with program that permits
1: teens to become truck drivers. The, tr- the trucking industry is in need of, uh, of an estimated eighty thousand drivers. So what's the plan? Teenagers are more likely to get the vax. So the truckers who quit over the vax mandate will be replaced by teenagers. Is that is that what's happening? I, I gotta, I gotta say, man, look, I feel like a chicken in a chicken coop. I got no idea what their plan is. It doesn't make sense. People are taking dumps in their water and then claiming huh. they're not. And I'm just like,
4: what, you know, you what know
1: it, let me, let, let me just, just say, people underestimate how clown, clowned out the clown world is. There's a video I tweeted about, about, you know, some, some person saying some, their pronouns are clown and clown self. And I'm like, yeah, that about explains it.
5: Yep, that's not well, right. You
4: know, I'm thinking about the, the bombing of uh, London. You brought this up last week uh, during the Blitzkrieg. Oh, uh, Mike Rowe brought it up. Yeah, Mike Rowe brought this up. And that after a few days of bombing, they just climbed out of the basement and got back to life as normal because you have no other choice. It was a real emergency. You had to take back control of your life. This isn't... I, okay, I don't want to step out. I don't want to say something that I regret later, but it's this is not the bombing of, of London, yes. what we're going through right now. People are not getting their bodies exploded and running for their life. So... Is this, some, is this a real emergency?
1: Rat utopia. You, no, no, I'm sorry. When you compare oh, it to rat. war,
4: it's not. Not like that. Not rat, like run the rat hope experiment. They put us under
1: lockdown. Everyone panics, begins to go nuts. Then they take us out, dry us off, put him back, put us back in, and
4: then we swim for 60 hours. Yeah, well, if this was a real emergency, we wouldn't be waiting for authority to give us the go-ahead.
2: Well, well, to play devil's advocate, and I'm not saying that this is what I believe. I'm just saying, like, is there any other reason why they would be doing this? I absolutely believe there are people in power who... Are doing this for control, for authority. But I'm wondering, like, what about, aren't there people in positions of power who genuinely believe it themselves and are just as caught as people watching MSNBC and like genuinely believe that this is going to work? Like, through their arrogance and their certainty about their version of reality, they think that if they do this, they are going to get people to get vaccinated. I'm not saying it's right, but is it possible that it's not always sinister? It's not always nefarious and manipulative. It's actually just people who are also programmed.
1: Well, then we got a problem because there's a zombie horde taking over and they're marching through the streets. They're unable to tell. You you know what it is? I I explained this of Jack Dorsey. He creates Twitter. Twitter creates fertile uh, ground for the refuse of the far left broken ideologies. Jack Dorsey, having created Twitter and now following people who are trapped in the sewer of Twitter, he begins drinking his own refuse and believing his own insanity and then his opinions get shaped thinking this is reality. When in reality, he made a big toilet, a big toilet for people to take dumps into with their garbage ideas. He absorbs those garbage ideas, thinks they're real. So what we have is there's there's a possibility that there is a cabal of powerful individuals who are pulling the strings with big corporate donations, with lobbying and things like that. And I think that's true, obviously, to a certain extent, but it's entirely possible that crackpot idiots on CNN follow other crackpot idiots and they recycle information, playing a a big game of telephone. And then here's what happens. Somebody writes an article and they're like, I need clicks. So they're like, I think Trump is a fascist. So Trump, is Trump behaving like a fascist? Print. Then their friend following them sees it and they go, did you read that article talking about Trump acting like a fascist? You know, it's pretty fascistic. So then this guy then writes an article saying Trump is a fascist. Then his friend sees it and says, whoa, Trump is, is like the fascists. He's like Mussolini. Then he writes, Trump is like Mussolini. Then someone sees it and says, no, 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 not like Mussolini. He's like Hitler. Then they write, Trump is like Hitler. Then someone else says like Trump, Trump is as bad as Hitler. And then someone goes, he's worse. They're all just basically swimming in a circle of their own sewage, exciting themselves. And then after a, a, a week of telephone, they're all screaming that Trump is the reemergence of Hitler. And it's like, yo, you guys are nuts. Calm down. Stop drinking each other's waste and just actually get out there and talk to real people. They don't do it. So now they're screaming, Bill Maher brings it up, that Democrats were polled and they were asked what the likelihood was percentage-wise of needing hospitalization if you get COVID. And they said 50%. And he was like, what? (laughs) Republicans and independent voters got it right. 5%. But these are people who believe each other, hyping each other up constantly one upping garbage fake news until they're like, lock the whole country down, burn to the ground. Otherwise everyone dies. They are running around screaming. The sky is falling. And for some reason we've been listening to them and arguing with them instead of just excising them from political discourse and saying, do
3: whatever you want. I'll be over here living. I disagree with both of you guys. Surprise, surprise. I believe it's a conspiracy because for, for this kind of ignorance to, to be perpetrated, right? I'm not saying it's not. I might be wrong. But, but for this type of policy to be implemented because of popular support, the people have to say to themselves, the vaccine mandates worked so great. That we have to implement more vaccine mandates and i think it's pretty clear to the average person paying attention that they absolutely did not i mean there's even trudeau and fauci coming out on record saying that these mandates these vaccine mandates aren't about health they're about convincing other people to take the shot so this kind of fervent uh policy making that clearly is disrupting the economy Clearly is going to have negative effects when already the store shelves are, are barren in some places. When already the supply chain has been disrupted. Asking for more supply chain disruptions is literally creating chaos. So I'm sticking to what I personally believe and that's my personal feeling and I, and I could be wrong because I don't think it's idiots leading the herd. I think it's, uh, you know, a few powerful people creating the the idiots that are bringing them along but there's not a lot of them uh still when it comes to the bigger official story of of covid which is breaking
1: let's make a short film a zombie apocalypse happens and it's like it starts off very much like a zombie movie it's like run you know get the shotgun oh jesus zombies are coming and then we will have ian be like you yeah. know i was listening to what they were saying Ugh. i kind of agree i'm going to go join them and we're like no ian you want to go talk to them I'll, I'll be back
4: Oh, you kinda, think I should just full on just go join them? Like, you're like it kinda makes sense. Tim, I'll come in in the middle of the night, I'll wake you up, Tim, I've been listening to the zombies.
1: <laughs> they've been telling I think
3: me right. I don't have to make any
4: tough decisions. No, 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 no you gotta be <laughs> it's like, <easier>. they,
1: <laughs> they've been saying brains so much, I kinda wonder if eating brains does make sense. I think we should consider, like, Ian, you're turning into one of them, and they don't actually bite you to make you a zombie. You just listen to them enough, yeah. and then you start believing brains. Been, and then it's been the only listening thing you to say, it on repeat on YouTube, too. All the zombies, they actually aren't, they aren't infected with anything. They're just all scared to step out of line because the other zombies will attack them if they act like they're not zombies. So it's actually a horde of people pretending to be zombies. That's mass formation
4: psychosis. That
1: is. That would be actually a funny little skit to do where it's just like a bunch of people who are like, I'm a zombie, and no one dare step out of line. And then one guy goes, Wait a minute, you guys aren't actually zombies? And they're all like, brains! And they attack them, and they're all looking around like,
4: Oh, I'm a zombie! <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I got a question for you guys. It, Justin Trudeau, is he evil mastermind, or is he fool that's being provoked by the evil mastermind
2: (laughs) he seems like a mastermind to me i don't know how blatantly he's just willing to say like yeah we're gonna violate your rights we don't (laughs) and maybe he's just so far gone that he thinks that's acceptable because i know there are a lot of people who feel that way but he was dealing arms to the saudis for years and it's been well documented how their human rights track record and what they do in yemen and he had no problem arming them.
3: Yeah, he's true and true and authoritarian. He's, he's a communist. He loves centralization. He was literally cheerleading China because of the way that they run their economy. You know, China literally destroys human rights for their economy. And this is something that Trudeau openly praises and looks up to. So I I wouldn't even say mastermind or puppet. I would say sociopath that's been put in a position of power that's playing out the agenda of the World Economic Forum of the Davos group and is reading the handbook and following every single procedure that they ask him to follow. I don't know his
4: dad, but his dad was the prime minister before him. Yeah. Fidel Castro? Yeah. His father okay. Fidel. Fidel? joke. <laughs> was his dad notoriously authoritarian? Or, people know. people keep posting
3: photos of him next to Fidel Castro. He, really he looks, looks like Fidel Castro. Yeah. Yeah. Let's be like Putin. real. I'm not going to hold it against I you. I do look like Putin. <laughs> if, if, if Putin, Bill Maher, and Julian Assange oh. had a love child, oh, okay, I <laughs> would pop I out. But reason. that's a different story. <laughs> but uh, I don't think I'm related to Putin. Who knows? But I do. hope you are. But... <laughs> <laughs> this would explain why he's an authoritarian communist because you know uh, Fidel no, like, was an authoritarian communist.
1: There's like a, a a long lost autobiography from Putin where he talks about how he once ventured to Poland in the mid mid 80s. And had an affair
3: Luke and, and he's like I, I am your father <laughs>
4: Yeah <laughs>
3: Well I was a part of the resistance Against the Soviet Union So when Putin was a KGB agent My family was going up Against the communists A part of the Solidarność movement In uh, northern Poland In Gdansk so, what, if, what if there was like A whirlwind affair Where Vladimir is like I cannot be with you it is forbidden. So there, there could be a Star Wars movie here with me, with me and Putin being on opposing sides, and then my family helping take down the Soviet Union, which is, of course is the evil empire, which Putin was a KGB agent of. That is possible. I think the better story is that
1: Putin had a series of clones made when he was in the KGB, yeah. and then like in they case were I supposed fail, to be destroyed. Yeah, and 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 Luke is programmed to be activated as a sleeper agent for the Soviet Union. We'll <laughs> so make a clone
4: with different mindsets.
5: one <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> is very
1: yes. very anarchist. <laughs> this is very important news we're discussing right now. Yeah, very so the important. There are a lot of people who I see comments when they're saying, you know, it's too pessimistic to talk about things falling apart. And I'm like, what should we talk about? No, I, I mean that sincerely, like, uh, I think watching the media collapse is not bad news. I
4: think it's a good thing. Yeah. I find but- that watching CNN, um, trying to think your way out of the psychosis doesn't work. It's like no thought is the way to, to get away from that stuff, which is why I usually turn off the TV. If it, look, Step look, outside or something.
1: If you turn the TV off and go outside and ignore the mainstream media and just say, like, tend to your goats or chickens for a week, when you turn the TV on, it'll be like, it'll, it'll be like watching Saturn. It'll be a different planet. You'll be like, what? What are they talking about? Cause the news changes so rapidly these days. Like, like, you, if you listen to Dr. Fauci, this, I mentioned this, you know, a while back. He'll come out and he'll be like, you don't need to be wearing two masks. But then three days later, he's like, you should be wearing two masks. And then you get one person who watched one story and then didn't see the update and the other person who sees the update and now they're arguing online about who's right and who's
4: wrong. And it's like, yo. I bet you could spend seven days away and miss the news cycle changing three times and come back and not even know it changed and have nothing to argue about. Well, I I think, no, no. I think it'll be like, you know, Fauci will come out.
1: I mean, Joe Biden comes out. Joe Biden said that the vaccines would stop the spread of the pandemic. Yeah. That's not what they're saying now. Yeah. So if you were someone who passively watched the news and heard Biden say that, you'd be like, oh, how about that? Today you turn the news on and they're saying something totally different. You'd be like, what? What? Did I like go into the twilight zone or something? Do these people forget? Do they have amnesia? That's the funniest thing. When there are, there are people uh, on Twitter tweeting at me, being like, "Uh, duh, the, the 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 vaccines do X," and I'm like, "That's not what Joe Biden or Fauci or or the CDC director said three months ago." I understand science changes. But isn't it a bit too rapid? Because if it is changing this rapidly, then there's no plan, and it's very likely to change again. You have
5: to be... Sorry, go ahead. No, go
2: ahead. (laughs)
3: Okay, I'll just go really quickly. You have to be traumatized to believe the official story, and there's a lot of people who are traumatized that the corporate media and the politicians scare the crap out of every single day, and that's the only way that they could get them in a state that's irrational, not paying attention, and has them going along with the big overlord state saying, we will protect you, when, of course, they're doing the complete opposite of that. Sorry, go ahead.
2: No, I was just going to say, like, okay, yes, science does change, but it would go a very long way if the people who are constantly constantly changing the opinions, could just acknowledge, okay, well, it changed. It's wrong. And you don't see that. You see people getting gaslit and people being blamed and being shamed for questioning things when it's always changing. Like, how can you not have a healthy level of skepticism? You're allowed to to notice that there are discrepancies. And... Sure. Okay. Science may explain that, but if you could just drop the arrogance and the hubris about it, I think they would have a lot better chance of communicating with people they think need to hear it.
1: What wasn't our good friend? Wasn't it our good friend Ethan Klein who said you don't even need to That's think? Right. Didn't Didn't he say yeah? Know. Yeah. That's why he said just go to the, web, the government website. You don't even need to think. Just do what the government tells you. I'm like, wow. Easier. I mean, I kind of read history books when I was growing up. And you, you, you don't do that. In fact. We we were always told God, that <laughs> dissent was patriotic in this country. Now you have this massive group of people who are like, dissent is, can, is, can, is insurrection, is wrong. Don't do it. Just do what you're told. This is the funny thing about the vaccine mandates. When they say the vaccine mandates work, but New York is experiencing a major surge in COVID cases, what they're really saying is the vaccines force people to get uh, vaccinated. The mandates do. Uh, yeah, they, I'm sorry, sorry. The, the mandates work. And what they mean is it's forcing people to get it. I thought they meant or initially, and I probably shouldn't assume this, that it was going to actually stem the spread because Joe Biden said that. Right. Now they're saying that's not the case, it's to reduce the severity. And I'm like, well, the hospitals are overloaded, fact, and there's record-breaking amounts of COVID, also a fact. Tons of people are getting it. I mean, Glenn Beck had it recently. Mike Rowe mentioned he had it over Christmas. I think Crowder had it. I could be wrong with yeah, that. Yeah, he did. Everybody's getting it. So- Now they're saying, well, it was never supposed to stop the spread. It was supposed to reduce the severity of symptoms. And I'm like, Joe Biden actually said that it would, you know, it would all be over. They actually said several times, once everyone gets vaccinated, you don't got to wear masks and the pandemic will end. And it's not ending. Now I think it's fair to say, okay, maybe they got it wrong, but at a certain point, they should be like, it's probably going to change. We don't know for sure, but everyone's so
3: sure of themselves. Yeah. They didn't know that it had waning immunity. So how did they know anything else surrounding this? Or specifically? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, exactly. The same thing, pretty much. Uh, but but the official story has changed so many times. The, these bureaucrats have flip-flopped so many times. It, it's difficult to even understand where we're at right now. And I think the strategy that they're implementing right now is, let's just spin people around so they get confused, they don't know what's going on, And it's all gonna be scary unless you just obey us. That's, that's the policy that they have implemented because, uh, you know, it's only going to be a a certain time now where people are gonna be like, okay, I'm gonna stop spinning now. I'm gonna start paying attention to what's going on here because we've been bamboozled. We've been, we've been lied to. And I think this larger mass awakening is happening and it's going to have some very severe effects on our society and our political system. This is why the Democrats are giving up COVID, in my opinion, right before this upcoming election because they can't win with this policy. Policy that has destroyed people's lives and only enriched the billionaire class. They can't. I don't, I, see I don't, it. I don't think people want
1: to, to accept that when I say, not everybody, just there, there are some people who don't accept when I say that the country is breaking apart or that states are breaking apart. I don't see that as a bad thing. I mean, Luke brought up peaceful divorce a while ago. Michael Malice has talked about it. So Hawaii recently announced that you need a booster shot to enter the state. California wants to double their taxes so they can pay for universal health care. Well, obviously, California will struggle to make that work. I mean, they're going to require heavy subsidy. Rich people are going to walk out of the state. Then they're going to try and tax them 10 years after the fact. That's one thing they announced. And then you're going to see a bunch of poor people flood into the state to get free health care. Clearly doesn't work. But hey, let people go to the state they want with the laws they want. People will leave. If there ends up being some kind of fracturing of this country, it means, yo, I'm going to go to West Virginia. I'm going to have all my guns. I'll be very pleased and happy. And then the people who don't like guns, and want them banned, can go to California. And then they can have free health care. What's the problem? How is that a bad thing?
4: What but, about artillery? All what, of it, legalized. Artillery allies. can and, fire across state lines. What if it's it? banned what in one state, but it's legal in the other state? You well, that's one too bad for
1: the state that banned it, I guess.
4: <laughs> that sounds like an arms race.
1: <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. You,
4: war you is anarchists. bad. I don't go to war. Yeah, I don't... look. Hey, sometimes riot. you don't damn choose riot. to go to war. Thomas, sometimes war comes Thomas to you. Thomas
1: Massey tweeted... What piece of Second Amendment legislation should we should we push if we take control? And and everyone was like abolish the ATF, repeal the NFA, and I'm like yes, those things. (laughs) I I went further and I said gun mandates. If you want to go out to a diner, you got to have proof of gun, and you've got to be able to show that it's loaded. I, proof of gun. Proof of <laughs> gun. So you'll walk up to the diner and they'll be like, we have a gun mandate in this city. If you want to come in, you have to be armed. And you'll be like, oh, I've got my 1911 right here. i have got and my proof on my right I've here. got a revolver. Let me, let me show you my 38 or whatever. And uh, you can walk in maybe with the right, you gotta have a gun. Gun mandates. Mandatory gun ownership.
3: Anyway, speaking about this specific topic that we were just talking about, (laughs) it's also important to note that England is looking at getting rid of their their health pass. They're looking to get rid of their Mm -hmm. vaccine passport system, which soon will be implemented. This is a huge shift in the narrative, as, of course, there's major scientific studies. There's a lot of information coming out that clearly is disrupting this entire official story of what they've been telling us from the very beginning. So this whole narrative is collapsing. This There's a lot of important uh, reasons to be... Be extremely optimistic. I've been talking about this weeks ago. I'm saying with this latest uh variant, there's a big probability, even according to the World Health Organization, that announced that this is going to be the end of COVID, potentially in 2022. So there's a lot of mainline institutions, there's a lot of mainline doctors talking about what we were talking months ago. And there's this uh meme going around that I tweeted that specifically so- shows you know the talking points that this Administration and that these authorities had from the very beginning. You die, but you go to heaven. That said, (laughs) ninety-five percent protection in May, June, seventy protection, seventy percent protection. August, no protection, but reduces spread. September, doesn't reduce spread, but reduces severity. October, doesn't reduce severity, but reduces hospitalizations. November, doesn't reduce hospitalizations, but you aren't going to die. And then December, you die, but you go to heaven. So, So that's a good one. That you know, that's essentially it's a joke. YouTube, yeah, calm exactly. down. Everyone can go talk to their doctors. About yeah, right again, not a medical doctor, not here giving you any kind of medical advice. We're not here to do that. We're here to point out that, the, that there's elements of, of people making fun of, of what we've been told and, and, and exaggerating it because it, it's already been exaggerated to such an extensive level that it's hard for people to pay attention to even what's going on.
4: Yeah, well, you said that in 2022, we might see the end of COVID according to what? Or, the World Health Organization. I would point out that down. maybe not the end of COVID, the end of COVID hysteria but that the virus itself, I've heard that it supposedly is, will be endemic, meaning that we're just going to live with the, the thing, the coronavirus. That's one theory out there.
3: There's another theory that this uh, latest variant is spreading so fast that it's going to create natural immunity. And it's less severe. Less people are going to end up in the hospital. So all, everyone's going to get it because of how fast it spreads to everyone. And then essentially, it will kind of die out and phase out from here because everyone will have immunity. Or from just live it. And, with and, and, us and, forever and this as goes, immune. But when you look at coronaviruses, there's usually a specific trend of how they kind of operate, of how they infect people and how they stop infecting people based on those mutations. So if we're following the basic procedures of how previous coronavirus, SARS and MERS, have affected the world, it's it's logical to believe that this is going to happen here. Dr. Fauci has a different story saying there's going to be another variant that's going to be really bad. But of course, he of course has an invested interest in keeping this storyline going because his entire career is m- made on the severity of, of this sickness. So obviously, has a conflict of interest. Again, these are some of the debates happening within the scientific community that I think are extremely important right now and I think are important to pay attention to because if this is the case, there's going to be some significant political changes in our society when we come to the end of this and people feel bamboozled and lied to about everything. So this this is something that we need to understand politically, socially and economically because the effects of this are going to be with us for years
4: to come after this. I hope that we can as species learn to kind of live maybe in a more coherent manner with viruses in general i just looked it up 380 trillion viruses inside of the human body 380 trillion uh how many of those are hurting us hardly any of them if any of them we they live in symbiosis with us that's the point so i i don't see why that can't happen with corona in fact it looks like we're on track as you see the different variants appear
1: the most successful viruses you don't even know you have
2: yeah
4: they they sit
1: in your body, they do virus stuff, but they don't cause enough problems for you to actually care about it. I would
4: imagine some of them help you. I, I got to go deeper into it or get a virologist on the show or something.
1: There's that one parasite that makes you love cats. Oh,
3: yes. Toxoplasmosis, <laughs> yes. which a lot of people in Brazil have. There's a fascinating video of Rogan talking to Alex Jones about it, and they go off. I don't know if that video clip is still on, on YouTube, but it is... Terrifying to find out about, uh, the effects of taxoplasmosis. Well, it makes people get sch- some people get schizophrenia. It literally creates the crazy cat lady syndrome. Like, the, 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 <laughs> oh, no. the, the basic stereotypical understanding of a crazy cat lady, obsessive, loving of her cats. This is something that, of course, cats have as a, uh, as a mechanism for their survival when they kind of have this virus that's in poop that makes rats love them. So there's elements of this, according to some medical studies, highlighting how there's similar effects on the human brain that cause women and men to be impulsive, causes them to also be affected by this in a very negative state. But again, viruses are, are, are something that we have been dealing with from the beginning of humanity. It's something that, of course, is not going away. And I and I think there's a lot of important learning lessons from everything that happened within the last two years that we should really... Uh, learn from and not repeat those mistakes that were made
1: I, i remember when i was growing up i had a lot of important learning lessons
3: like what was the most important one the
1: most important learning lesson yes Oh, just, you know, reading about the history of World War II. Learning lessons were really important for me as a kid. Learning. Uh-huh. Ian, did you experience learning lessons? <laughs> yeah, I learned a lot of lessons. Is learning lessons <laughs> another <Luke-ism? laughs> yeah. It's a You didn't even know it was a lucism That's why I was I saying I do not know. It's a
3: learning lesson.
4: What? <laughs> a you, learn. Learn. <laughs> you have a lesson
3: and you learn from it. Like,
4: like. I
3: like it. Listen, I'm going to make I'll up like all the words I want to make up, okay? It makes <laughs> sense. You guys know exactly what I'm saying. And uh I might even make my own learning lessons about you this. So,
2: well, speaking of learning lesson, if we're going to move on, I just want to say before that, I know I think this all started because of a comment that said it's really it's cynical to talk about how everything's falling apart. But speaking of lessons and history, I just want to point out, I I do see how it can sound cynical and it can often be depressing. And there is often a sense of hopelessness. But if you do look at history, regimes fall. People resist. Like I'm sure there's some exceptions so I don't want to this, I wanna say always, but the like the grand scheme of history and all of the empires and all of the authoritarians who've ruled over people, eventually it falls. All empires so, collapse? That I think so. I know China's still going well, pretty strong, but how long have they actually been no, in power? Yeah,
3: it's years. true, but have they had mind control technology? And artificial intelligence, which is going to be the next nuclear weapon. A lot of arguments against uh, anarchists. And mass surveillance. Yep. A lot of arguments against anarchists in the Second Amendment is, are you going to allow people to have nuclear weapons? Well, literally, there's private individuals and corporations creating weapons that are even far more superior and more powerful than nuclear weapons. That specifically is artificial intelligence. And that's happening right now with collusion of the state. Let me ask you, what's scarier for you? The
1: fact that certain states have nuclear bombs, warheads, or the fact that private, unaccountable individuals can post your web browser history.
5: Hmm.
1: I mean, I got to mess, I'm not worried about nuclear war. You know what I mean? I'm honestly not super scared about, uh, uh, I, I don't like the spying or anything, but I'm sure there's a lot of people who are like, you know, look, people cheating on their wives is a good example. Yeah. Facebook knows if you're cheating on your wife. Young women who are pregnant don't want their parents to find out or their boyfriends to find out. Big tech knows all of that. And there was even, wasn't it like the NSA were, were, were
3: tubing it to pick private phones? Yeah, yep. NSA agents were caught. Lubin tubing it. To people's private photos that they were sharing with their loved ones unsuspectingly. It's not like they put published it. It was private messages between loved ones that the NSA intercepted and decided to entertain themselves with in many unspeakable ways. Family-friendly show. You get the gist of what Two I'm saying. Say How did
4: they get caught? Did someone kick the door, walked in, and
3: they're like, what? I don't remember the exact Dude, details stop. of this, but this was a mainline like story, even before Edward Snowden came out saying, Hey, the nsa are are, are doing this. This is how they got t s a agents also have an extremely horrible record." of uh, abusing their power with individuals that they have to engage with and act with. But uh, I think you were talking about a lot of those stories, Carrie, uh, when you were working uh, in alternative media, specifically Mm -hmm. the stories that have been significantly underplayed but are significant to our way of life. Which one was, do you think, in your opinion, one of the most kind of egregious ones when it comes to government abuse of power?
2: Uh, Abuse of power in general or surveillance? Both. Ooh. Um. Well, I mean, obviously, what Snowden cracked open with all of his with his I, I don't even want to say leaks because he was so careful about releasing it. But nonetheless, I'm actually looking it up, and apparently it was Snowden who said that it that the NSA would intercept nude pics. Yes, so, yes, he
3: said that. He confirmed it. But there right. was even before that. Oh, I was even
2: before uh, that. Okay. Ma-
3: mainline articles talking about this. Okay. Uh, which um, ag- again is just I mean, imagine imagine yeah. having a private moment where you were loved on, and then there's fat cat bureaucrats becky's l- siffling through all your private most intimate moments and they're using it for their own uh bastard way bastard let's uh let's, yeah. l- let's
1: let's let's do uh one more one more segment we got the story from fortune fauci says there are five stages of the covid pandemic and we are still in phase one. Oh no <laughs> I, I don't know what else you want me to say guys you know uh, that's it he says the first phase of the pandemic or the truly pandemic, according to Fauci, is where the world is really very negatively impacted. The following four steps are deceleration, control, elimination, and finally eradication. Here are the characteristics, blah,
4: blah, blah. Okay, so he's basically saying, get ready. It's not going to end. He's like, hey, everything that 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 my career is based on is going to be around for a while, just so you know. With the COVID the pandemic goes away, Fauci goes away, and he knows it. He's you. I've never even heard of the guy until this thing appeared. I mean, people in the 80s knew who he was. I guess, yeah.
2: I'm just like, I look at this, and it's like, all this says to me is that the government failed. Despite all of their efforts and all of their claims of certainty, that they knew exactly what, they, what to do to fix it, here we are, and it, this is just like an advertisement against government policy. I mean, to to see this guy just saying no, this is as far as we've gotten, and yeah. despite all of this, no, we're still it's in been, stage yeah. one. It's been
3: two years, and we're still in stage one. It's two <laughs> weeks. Give to us more th-
2: power. You can trust us. Two
3: weeks to slow the spread, but this this there's some good news here. There's some really good news here because this is Dr. Fauci saying it. The guy flip-flops and is wrong on almost everything, which means he's probably wrong about this as well, which means we're probably closer to the end than, than the actual starting point. But but for again, Fauci, a lot of invested interest. He's one of the few bureaucrats that actually makes more money from his side hustles than he does from his government job. His government job pays him more than any other bureaucrat in Washington, D.C. So he's making a lot of money. There was recent financial uh, transactions that were released showing that he has at least 10 million dollars in assets and this is a man who's been working for the government almost his entire life where has those millions of dollars come from well of course those are important questions that a lot of people should be asking he has a lot of connections to a lot of very powerful individuals and of course as we know everything that the united states has been involved in has been a big business against the american people but how do you see this kind of unfolding uh, Carrie, how do you see this COVID landscape, this this Dr. Fauci landscape moving from this particular moment in time?
2: Honestly, I, th- I mean, it's just my opinion. I thought Hillary Clinton was going to win in 2016. So, you know, take it for what it's worth. But it's, being from Los Angeles and having spent a lot of the pandemic there i think it's going to be very difficult for the federal government even for state governments local governments to keep enforcing this because people are burned out and los angeles was one of the most compliant places in the country as far as i could tell and it's policy wise and just the people in general but even like at this point there are pe- people are they can't do it anymore they're sick of it even people who got vaccinated and now they feel that they were misled i don't want to say lied to because sure the science changed but there are people who feel that Even though they followed all of these protocols, they followed all the policies, they obeyed, they did what they were told to be good people, and still it hasn't been resolved. I'm telling you, Los Angeles is such a liberal place. And I left for six weeks in the fall, and I came back, and there was way less compliance. Like, there were people in stores not wearing masks, and nobody said anything. Whereas before I left, that you didn't see that. That wasn't a thing. And I know that people are burned out because of what I'm seeing in Los Angeles, where it's heavily liberal and people really... Had good intentions about stopping the spread of the pandemic and doing everything they could to end it. I have a friend who got vaccinated, and now he's being told, "Well, actually, it doesn't work. You have to get another." And he's not doing it because he felt he did it for the sake of doing his part, Bill in Marsh, stopping the spread.
1: Bill Marsh did the same thing. You know, he took yeah. he took one for the team, and now he's they're not going to convince him to do it again. But the problem is, if you trust the science and if the official narrative is the statements from the CDC and all that is, you need to get your booster. Then who are you to 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 you know, challenge the system. If you're doing your part, why would you stop now? Now, I will always stress, you know, get your advice from trusted medical professionals. Don't look at me about it. But I will add my one of my favorite memes is Fauci as Vader saying, I have altered the science. Pray I don't alter it further. <laughs> yeah.
5: Yeah, no, no, no. Dude, the point
4: of this is never to eradicate the virus. From day one, it was to stop, to slow the spread in 15 days so that we don't overload the hospitals. End of story. Let the thing run its course don't overload the hospitals. That was the plan. Not this five-point thing where number five is eradication of the virus. This isn't polio.
2: Right. And I, it's weird because I, I remember that talking point. It was we have to not overwhelm hospitals. And I'm looking at this just as I'm looking at this article. And it's like you guys have had two years and you haven't been able to get hospitals the resources they need. And I'm supposed, still supposed to take your advice and listen to you. not even advice, commands. And to obey your commands when you couldn't even solve the initial problem that all this was for. And you've had all this time.
4: I
1: think, you know, one thing I I, th- I feel like we should probably mention more, though, with all of this is as much as policy-wise, I think our position is very clear. It's very libertarian or, or, or even anarchic for you guys. I also think it's important to point out there's probably really serious long-term health effects for COVID that mm-hmm. aren't even being picked up right now. And so I say this because... You know, it's now been several months for us, but I still, I still feel a presence from having COVID.
4: I can feel it in my back from time to time. Yeah, it's still here. I can tell. I'm just immune, have an immunity to it now.
1: Well, I, I think, I, I think we're all over. I think we're past it. But people get scarring in their lungs, mm-hmm. and I think you've got on the left a complete overhyping of everything, panic, nonstop panic. You have many on the right who are just like, "Be done with it. We can't," you know. And and I, I would agree more with that. It's like, look. I actually, I recognize it's really bad. I get it. I think we should continue to, to, to push for scientific breakthroughs on this stuff. I think we should also remind people. Yeah, I'm, I'm,
4: I'm concerned about the long-term health effects of what COVID well, comes from. I eat know, crappy bring. food. I lose my smell after COVID. I eat garlic and onion. I regain my smell. It's not COVID's fault. Obviously. It's dietary.
1: Well, I, I, what I, the point I'm trying to make is. You know, I, I think it was. Uh, who was it? Was it was uh, um, somebody tweeted? Don't underestimate it. It was a conservative we had in the show saying oh, yeah. like it's really, it is really, really bad. Don't mm-hmm. let anyone tell you otherwise. And I
4: think that's important.
5: I still can't taste or smell. Really, really. Wow. Wow. Try
4: dosing yourself with onion and garlic. I yeah, there, There's a but. So, but, but, but I'll put it this way. I just don't want to get lost in
1: mm-hmm. being yeah. upset about policy. Right. To make it seem like we would downplay the like the sickness yeah. because right we, we talk about how you you probably like you probably won't be hospitalized you'll probably get better but there are long-term effects and i think that's a fair point to make
2: and i think that's what's so frustrating for some people at least like someone like me like i took it seriously i was considerate of other people and yet i'm still thrown into this category of just a crazy q and on right-wing nazi trump supporter when in fact like i've never said that covid wasn't serious it's not going to be as serious for some people as others i had covid i was fine it was pretty mild I lost my sense of smell, but other than that, yeah, I was really tired, and my fever never went above 99. So, like, people have different responses. It's not to say that not, that I'm not saying that everybody is going to be fine, but some people are going to have a terrible time, and it's important to be considerate of others. The opposition is to these top-down mandates that even if they did work, I wouldn't support them because they're mandates, but add on that they're not even effective. And I think that's where so much of the frustration comes from.
3: The answer, just really quickly, is is personal responsibility. If you're vulnerable, you should take extra measures to protect yourself. This is why I always have been talking about terrain therapy, early treatment, something that, of course, you could be doing. This should be a big wake-up call to a lot of people saying, hey, I'm going to take my life, my health into my own hands, and I'm going to make sure that I'm the best, healthiest version of myself because there is something. And we never underplayed it. We always took it seriously. We were affected by it. And it's important to understand personal responsibility solves all of this. Your life is in your hands. The government shouldn't be controlling your life because when they do, they make it usually a lot worse. So- that,
1: that, that's that's really you know all it is. Uh, I accept the risks. If I want to go bungee jumping, I'll go bungee jumping. Don't ban it. If I want to ride my bike, if I, I'll ride my bike. If I want to go out in the middle of the woods where there's an open shooting range... That's my choice. Don't ban it for me. And, and I'll even add this because I love the response from these Twitter lefties who were like, should we ban seat belts?" And I'm like, yo, if you want to wear a seatbelt, wear a seatbelt. If I don't want to wear a seatbelt, don't force me to do it. Exactly. I prefer to wear a seatbelt. New, no, New Hampshire,
3: no seatbelt laws. Mm-hmm. Are you serious? Yep. Absolutely. No helmet laws either. Live free or die. Free or die. It's your choice Seriously. as an individual. The
1: first thing the free staters do, they're like, oh, in
3: favor of banning seatbelt laws? Absolutely. I bang the
1: gavel. It's
3: like there's, and Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank goodness that we, live, we have a place in America where we have still some semblance of personal responsibility in your life, your, your life being in, in your own hands. The funniest thing I saw in New Hampshire, though, was a, was a man, a huge muscular guy no helmet riding a big harley but with a big mask on which is a little, okay. a little ironic and, but hey, i understand hey. there's bugs too but no whatever. but hey do your thing man yeah, yeah that's that's his choice know, exactly. that's his what he wants to do it's it's his personal responsibility and
4: and i'm not even going to judge until it until he like gets thrown off his bike and breaks his skull and then we have to have 15 ems workers come out and waste hey. hospital space to heal this dude that could have worn a helmet Well, that's too bad. Don't, don't, don't strain my system because you're not gonna take care of yourself. Your system? Yeah, I'm part of this system. We all are. Don't strain it because you don't want to take care of yourself. That bothers me. I warned you, Carrie, that he was an authoritarian. (laughs) Some things, (laughs) like, like, uh, live free, but I mean, if you want to live free or die and really take that consequence, then that's a different story. No, no, no,
1: I think it's, I think it's fair to point out, uh, Ian makes a good point. That there are irresponsible people Mm. who don't take care of themselves. They don't wear helmets. They don't eat right. They get get sick. And then they do clutter up the plumbing systems, the medical systems. There are people who play with fire and then jam up our fire department, then accidents taken care of. I just don't think the answer is forcing people to do things. Yep. in a sort of nanny state
3: kind of way because there's right. no limit to it i mean right. w- are you going to start policing obese people from eating cheeseburgers because they weigh down the system and hurt the medical institutions obviously that's an in- incredulous kind of move that the big state control psychopaths want to have over your existence if someone wants to win a darwin award this might might not sound like <laughs> no. the nicest of things let them win the darwin award what is, what is that on you hold on hold
1: on it's, it's, yeah. it's, It's it's not even about the Darwin Award. It's about skydiving. Exactly. Riding a motorcycle, even with a helmet, is very dangerous. Yep. Should we just say, you know what? Motorcycles are banned. But
4: the thing about seatbelts is you don't know what a car accident's like until you get into one. And if you get into one, you better have your seatbelt on true. Yes. yes. Driving drive, cars but. is
3: extremely dangerous. More people die from that than a lot of other causes in, of of death in the United but, States. But are the, we going
4: to ban driving? Well, we but, don't. We ban question. heroin from kindergarten classes because we don't want kids to accidentally we, get hooked on it. You don't want someone to accidentally. We Don't fly. let kids drive. Well, yeah, we do. They're 6 when they're 16, they're still considered kids technically. Sure, sure, sure. They're going to be driving trucks soon. Where's where's <laughs> the line? And and, and 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 you know what?
1: Uh, so they automate them all. Uh, Ian, with respect, this is a good point because people need to understand our lines for what we tolerate are they they change from person to person. Like, what's the what what should the drinking age be? Some people think it should be 18. I've actually seen a lot of there's there's a, there's a, there's a uh, advocacy group saying it should be 18 because they're adults. And that by making this 3-year gap from 18 to 21, you actually increase the risk of someone who lives on their own getting alcohol poisoning and they're not seeking treatment. But everybody's got a different idea of where that appropriate line is. So that's why I always lean more towards get the government out of it to a certain degree, unless typically when kids are involved to a certain age, like don't deal drugs to kids. But if you're an adult, I think you should be able to imbibe or partake as you see fit. The problem is when you decide, Ian, this guy should have to wear a helmet because he's going to clog up the system if he gets injured, where do we draw the line? Should we just be like, don't let him ride the motorcycle, dude? Don't let him get gonna- the cheeseburger. Yeah, look, look, look. No, but the no, helmet- I don't like. But-
4: I don't like commercials for sugar for kids. That bothers me. Like tobacco industry used to sell tobacco to kids. But let's 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 address the motorcycle thing, right? If you think someone
1: should have to wear a helmet when they're on their motorcycle, why not just ban motorcycles? Then you get
4: no accidents. No, even I'm not it, trying it, to prevent the accidents. I'm trying to prevent the, the clog of the system.
1: And people with helmets on will still break their legs and arms and could still road hurt, n- get knocked out and get road rash and will still be in the hospitals. So my thing is, hey, I'll tell you what's easier, uh, Ian. Let's get real dark with it. At least if the guy's not wearing a helmet, he won't go to the hospital. He'll go to the yep. morgue.
5: Yep. Right? Well, that so, no,
1: no. That doesn't I, I, always work. But my point is if your concern is clogging up the hospitals, you go in a dark place. the The solution to the problem you present isn't what you think it is. Forcing someone to wear a helmet actually would increase the likelihood they'll go to the hospital. If you want to clear up the system, this is what happens people don't understand with, with AI. They'll say something like, we want to create an algorithm that encur- that creates a system where people won't clog the hospitals. And they'll just be like, okay, no seatbelts, no helmets, everyone dies, hospitals are open.
4: No, we don't want right. that either. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not looking for the world peace where everyone gets incinerated. So we, it's quite we just, peaceful.
1: we just have to accept that people are going to make choices about their lives the way they want. To live happy. And as long as you're not hurting
4: others or stealing their stuff. What's what's the history of seatbelts? It used to be there were no seatbelt laws.
2: Wasn't Ralph Nader a big crusader? Yeah.
4: Well, adding
1: seatbelt laws? Mm
2: -hmm. I think so. It
1: was um, one of the... There was a company who created the the three-point seatbelt and then gave it away for free. And then... I don't know if this is true, so you guys can fact check me. But I was told that there were insurance companies lobbying for seatbelt laws because... It won't change the amount of accidents, but it'll reduce the amount they have to pay out if people are wearing seatbelts. So they were very big advocates for forcing it. But let's go to Super Chats because we're a little bit late. If you haven't already, smash the like button, subscribe to the channel, share the show with your friends. We're going to have a members only podcast up at Timcast IRL around 11 or so PM. It's going to be fascinating. It's uncensored. We cuss like sailors. (laughs) You'll love it. But let's read some Super Chats. All right, let's see what we got. Lucas Parada says, Hey, Timcast fam, I would just like to say that Ian has grown on me over the past year. He definitely has a good heart even though Graphene has taken part of it over. I think the turning point for me was when Ian used a football analogy, Undone. Yeah, I think it, like
4: I, sports too. What's up? Hey, well, do you know what is?
1: No, I was oh, just about no. to search
4: it. We'll, 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 we'll talk about it. Maybe <laughs> Go that. deep on the after so, show. Uh, actually, cool. it, was, it
1: was Michael Malice who said, You know, I first didn't understand what Ian brought to the show, but now I get
4: it. I love you, Michael. And
1: I'm like, (laughs) well, I'll I'll say this to you, Ian, too. You know, the the semantic arguments, that's just, I feel like- We kind of did away with those. Yeah, Yeah. people don't like that. But the the comment you brought up about authoritarianism sparks a good conversation. You brought up a good comment about Ebola. We were talking before, you know, Ian was like, if we're opposed to the lockdowns, what if it was an Ebola? We just let, you know, it spread. And I'm like, it's an interesting point. What To what degree of severity of pandemic would we all kind of be like, okay, shut it down? With COVID, we're not that scared of it. Democrats are, so their tolerant tolerance has been met. For for me, if it was airborne Ebola, I'd still err on the side of let people take the risks they want and I'll go hide in the woods to stay away from airborne Ebola.
2: Well and I think the point is more people wouldn't want to chance it. Like there would I think there would be a lot more voluntary compliance and measures taken because the risk would be so blatant and obvious. Yeah,
4: yeah, I think a lesson I've learned from this is you really don't have to force people to to take to take precautions during a pandemic. If it's real, they will do it. Yeah. All right, let's grab some more Super Chats.
1: Roberto Lara says in Oklahoma, there's an apprenticeship test for 18 to 20 year olds to be truckers and drive across the states. It was in the infrastructure bill that Congress passed and on mentality, look up Billy Milligan. So we did mention that I'm not a trucker, so I don't know if that's a big deal or not. Is that scary? Is that good? Maybe truckers are like, that's awesome. Great. Get more truckers. I don't know
5: not sure. I know yeah. there's a shortage. What's the problem yeah.
1: exactly? That they're going to allow teenagers to
4: drive trucks because they need more drivers. I, I think that's what bothers me is they're they're about to step into automated uh, industry. So yep. that, that, entire industry is those people, 16 year olds that are getting jobs now, probably a well, decade aren't gonna have those jobs anymore.
5: Maybe this is time to phase out actual human truckers. And I was gonna say, one of the things that we were just looking at was the case of a 23 year old driver who came down a hill too fast and ended up killing a few people. He got like a 150 year sentence. I guess they lightened it a little bit, but yeah, that's crazy. But there were,
1: there were a lot of people who commented saying that they were truckers and they agreed with the sentencing because you know, he's responsible for that rig, and if he right. doesn't know how to use it, he shouldn't be driving He could have it.
4: taken off ramps, right. from what I heard, and he chose not to take, like, two off ramps. So,
1: but, but the issue, I guess, that people were bringing up is if you take a job driving a truck and you get into an accident, we understand it's an accident. But if you choose to arm yourself with a gun, as is your right, and then you accidentally discharge it, hitting people, you are still going to go to prison. Yeah. And I'm like, that's actually a fair point. Like, this guy chose to get behind the wheel of a rig. That he didn't know how to handle and then killed people. If you don't know how to handle your weapon and you go out, hey, you're responsible for what comes out of that, out of, out of that gun. You're responsible for what you hit when you're in a massive truck like that. Yeah. So it's an interesting point. Cause initially I was like, this makes no sense. It was an accident. And then people were like, yeah, but you got to understand the responsibility that comes with having such weight behind you. And he was not prepared for that responsibility. I don't know if life made sense, but I certainly understand the point people were making. Yeah. All right. Chris Stark says dirty jobs and how it's made should be required learning in schools so that upcoming generations and kids and teens get a real grasp on how things work. Also bring back civics and acts, social studies. Micro didn't voice how it's made, did he? Or or did he? Uh, I think that's his new show no? Yeah,
5: yeah. That is his new show. That's his he, show I where he goes
1: around and, and how it's made. No, yeah. no, no. How it's made is like today on how it's made bubblegum. And then it shows oh, yeah. the machine. No, he didn't and, voice like, that one. Yeah. He didn't. Yeah. He voiced one called
5: like that's how it works or something. Oh, okay.
1: He has a, yeah. he has a show that's. I gotta,
3: to that. I
1: gotta tell you, man. One of the greatest shows ever made is How It's Made. And Good show. I wonder, if ha- have they ever done How It's Made? How It's Made? Like, <laughs> oh. no, no, for <laughs> real though. Kind of I think they have. Like, all they the show producer. how they do the productions, how they choose the stories. I think they've literally done that. Wow. Yo, it is amazing watching. I watched one how they made marbles. I watched one how they made uh candy. How they it's bourbon, honey. You watched? I was just looking
4: at these beautiful two and a half million views it is is,
1: not only is it educational it's hypnotizing you like you learn so much about the the mechanization process of of production seriously have your kids watch that stuff so i agree with this comment and dirty jobs too man when people are like when mike Rowe mentioned he goes into a sewer and i'm like yes i think this is a really really important lesson for everybody in the kind of jobs that we don't see that people probably don't want to see like
3: Sewer maintenance and having to go into a sewer. Yeah. I would disagree with the commentator and I would just be like, don't, don't uh, rely on the state to educate your children and don't expect them to do a good job at it. I think, I think (laughs) they're being
1: figurative like, People should have their kids watch these shows. Oh, absolutely.
2: Well, about the civics education, though, because I was thinking about that. Yeah, which is, as far as I know, civics education hasn't gone away. I know that, I I mean, I'm not a child, but when I was in school, we learned all about how the government works. And people have been learning about this for generations, and yet we ended up here. So I'm not sure that teaching people how the government functions and how to participate is necessarily a, a guard against tyranny or authoritarianism or all the ways things have gone sideways.
1: All right, Madison Lynn says, Luke, beautiful-eyed POC Luke, have that shirt as a hoodie.
3: Damn right. We already do have it as a hoodie on thebestpoliticalshirts.com, and uh, there's uh, multiple options, women's shirts, regular shirts, you name it, we got it.
1: They're going to mention that people think they're a leftist because they have, quote, people are gangs until they explain they're
3: anti-state. Well, police are gangs. <laughs> Not people. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Police are gangs. Politicians
1: are yeah. criminals. Luke Luke yeah. gave me a magnesium before the show and it, it's not sitting well. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow.
4: It
3: does give you it does I told you what it does. It
1: does what? good with zinc. It's not making me tired, it's making me feel like feel I'm gonna barf. Oh no. Yeah, well, maybe weird. it's too
3: much. No, Which this is maybe you took like one. I think you, you gotta get, you get dehydrated. Hydrated.
1: Well, I did drink a ton of water, and I feel a lot better, but I think it might have more to do with the fact that I may already have proper magnesium, and that was too
4: much. Too much. Most people yeah. don't, actually. It's, um, the, it's the molecule well, I, I, at the center of every chlorophyll, or it's the uh, the atom at the center of every chlorophyll molecule. It's incredible. Magnesium is I, so it, powerful. And it's so important for your health. Huh. That's all the green vegetables. It it's magnesium. It's all about that mag, magnetic, maybe a G. Yo. Mm-hmm. Kevin Collins says,
1: why has no one created billboards to expose the woke? Loud in schools, Vax Info, et cetera. Maybe offer money to whistleblowers with credible evidence of corruption in government schools, corps, military, et cetera. Any other ideas? I don't know if you can offer money for it outright like that, but Project Veritas are the foremost experts on whistleblowing and stuff. So what, what is their email? Veritas Tips?
5: Tips at Veritas, I think. Uh,
1: tips?
4: Veritas Tips at Proton Mail. Do
1: they still have that one? Is that one? That oh,
5: sounded like yeah.
4: James when I said that too.
1: Yeah. yeah and, and, and yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, definitely... You know, so, so I've had people message me like, hey, I want to speak up. I want to challenge this stuff. And I'm just like, as much as I'd love to, we are not at that point where we're equipped to deal with anything like that. Project yeah. Veritas is. Yeah. So you guys, if, if you notice any wrongdoing, criminal activity or malfeasance, talk to the Veritas guys. And, uh, I mean, they, they, they will work with you. Not every story makes it, you know, it's just the way course, it is. Yeah. But, uh, but Veritas truly is great. We had him, we had James on the show yesterday. It was, it was awesome. All right. Jason says, Tim, there's a new ammo round coming out. 8.6 Blackout for Remington 700 and AR-10 type rifles. Research a company called Q who designed 300 Blackout. You, have you
3: heard of that? Q is a, yeah, it, it's one of the leading uh, firearms companies in the United States. And, um, it's not, uh, the conspiracy theory. It, it's a, it's a, a gun manufacturer that does really, uh, well-made firearms. I own one of their, uh, sugar weasels which is a very Sugar yeah it's it's a very <laughs> fun uh pistol. Great. That is really cool to shoot in 300 Blackout.
1: All right, let's uh let's grab some more. Instructor Uber says, "Hey Tim, you're hiring security. I have seen I have 7 years of armed experience including leadership and canine handler. Where can I apply?" Uh so we we have security. We're getting even more security and uh yeah. Uh, a a lot of people based on like the vlog and other things that have happened have been like, why don't you have security? It's like, we do. But what you need to understand is that I guess we're getting to the point where I didn't think we needed like armed guards. Standing checkpoint in our acre-long driveway and things like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I why that do you that with minds.
3: Just really quickly. Why do you think I was trying to set up a fight club inside of the Beanie <laughs> Castle? I don't want security. No security. We teach everyone jiu-jitsu. We're going to have a jujitsu class inside of the house this Thursday. It's all going to be on the vlog. I've been doing kickboxing classes. Self-defense is definitely where it's at. Learned, and uh, being facetious, obviously, we should get security. When bugs.
4: I um, we were building mines. I we learned pretty quick that you think you're building one thing, but then immediately we needed all these bug testers and beta testers. So like, we weren't building a beta test company, but we found out after we started that that's what we needed was a bug. <laughs> and so similar with with a security, when you're doing like a media company, come turns out, it's a huge part of the organization.
3: <laughs> There's a lot of crazy people out there.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I'll just say, you know, briefly, we had
1: someone sneak in the other day. They yeah. waited. My understanding is they waited until our guests were arriving and then tried coming at the same time and then tried claiming they were invited in, which is a complete lie. We have surveillance footage of it. Speaking. They, in order to get here, you have to drive. I mean, how, how many, how, how long is the, is the easement? Feet? No, that's an understatement. It's I'm like sure. 1500 it's feet. Yeah. It's an, the, it's a, it's an acre long. I don't, I don't know how that makes sense because Acre is like, you know, a, a yeah. square distance, but it, 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 it's, it's, it's a very, very long distance. And there's a, there's big signs, there's multiple signs saying no admittance, no entry without permission, no trespassing, you'll be prosecuted. And this person comes in here and the problem is we're armed. We were just swatted and this person got lucky, very, very lucky. And we've got, we've got dogs. We've got big ones. We do have security. We are armed. And so I'm like, This shouldn't have happened, but we, we didn't, you know, this, this person basically waited until our guests had all arrived when we had a a group coming in and then walks in when, Mm -hmm. when, when everyone was, you know, occupied and, uh, it shouldn't have happened, but it did, we had had a breach. And so now we have increased, you know, security 10 X and, uh, the police are involved and this, this guy is going to get the full brunt of whatever there is because, When we get swatted, when we get death threats, when we have people here who are actively getting death threats, and then you think you're going to come on here to try and get yourself promoted and lie about what happened, we can't tolerate
4: that. No, not at all. Not personal at all. You got to be, you got to be strong. You got to be consistent. Mm
1: -hmm.
4: Yeah, we can't, we can't, we can't allow that, man. I mean, look, uh, we've talked about wanting to have
1: people be able to come here. We talked about how we wanted to do semi-private events where members would be allowed to come. We can't legally do it. So okay. when someone enters the property, they're, they're causing extreme harm to everyone across the board and putting us at serious risk. Alright, let's read some more. We got Jeremiah Jensen. He says, Tim, I am a truck driver from West Virginia. In a segment today, you were talking about truck drivers not going to big cities. Vaccines only play one part. Drivers didn't want to go there before this. Mandates was just the last straw. Mm. I noticed that you were mentioning, Lydia, that in like Frederick, the stores were empty.
5: Yeah. So one of the things I saw was that there were a bunch of empty shelves. I went into, I actually tweeted about it. And then that day I went into Walmart and I saw just, there was no meat. There was no chicken. There's almost no produce. In Frederick. Yes. And Frederick. They, have
1: a, they have a mask mandate in Frederick County. Yeah, they when do. I, when I went to West Virginia, Food Lion and Weiss, nothing, no problems. I mean, I, I, when I mean nothing, I say there were no problems. Food was everywhere. It was great.
5: Well, we also went to a uh a Walmart in uh West Virginia, just down the road from us, and similar problems. So I don't yeah, know, maybe what, really? it's a Walmart problem. I don't know. It could be. Uh my also my other grocery store in Frederick there was like bare shelves and people are really? posting yeah. it. East Coast seems to be heavily affected by these shortages, middle of the country, not so much. So it might be just a little local thing. Not sure.
1: Daniel F says Trudeau is no mastermind. He's a trust fund kid with a famous last name. He is, however, an authoritarian wannabe with a strong admiration for the CCP. Mm. Any room for some Canadian refugees?
5: Good luck.
1: Oh, poor Canada. Now, now, now they're doing this vaccinated. Canada's gonna get cut off. So much of their goods get imported from the US. Well, you can, you can thank Trudeau and everyone who voted for him. David Holguin says, Tim, use The Walking Dead Season 1, Episode 2, Guts, as a reference for the skit. If you're looking for some help, talent, and putting something together, search Crit Short Film and tell me what you think. All the best. Congrats, Lids and Andy.
3: Congratulations.
1: Oh, yeah. Thank Linda you. And Andy.
5: Yeah, thank you. Thank
1: you. Oh. All right. What do we got? Let's get some more. Stuart Sockwell says, in 2015, when I became a truck driver, I kept hearing there's a shortage of truck drivers. But one day someone said to me, "It's harder to, to demand a raise if you're replaceable." Maybe there's some truth to that. Hmm. Oh, I like this one. Carl Andrews says, "Proof of gun. Shut up and take my money." <laughs> yes, uh, I, I tweeted that in response. Thomas Massey, uh, we should have gun mandates.
5: Yes, I love that idea. If I,
1: if man, if I was in office, Ron DeSantis should do this. Like, or not Ron DeSantis, but any any Republican in a Democrat area should just be like, "Oh, you're doing Vax mandates? Gun mandate." I hereby I decree I'm the mayor of the town everyone must have a gun and proof of gun to enter the bill and then see how people react to it and they're going to be like how dare you mandate it keeps people safe we have data proving that guns are more likely to be used protecting people than to harm people than to harm the innocent it
4: keeps people safe Ian, Ian there's a pandemic Ian, of crime Ian, if it saves one <laughs> that's life that's
5: right that's right there is a there's crime. a pandemic of that's crime pandemic of crime that's right we saw that article I will not
4: stop until it is eradicated that's right.
5: if it
1: saves one life
5: zero murder
1: then why not? Why yeah, not? Yeah,
5: yeah.
1: Someone mentioned, too. I think we'll, we'll find the super chat. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, Zypho says, Tim, did you know that the Militia Act of 1792 required gun ownership and to be armed when traveling away from home for all adult males? Didn't
5: know that. Go look why, that why, up.
1: Why, why, would not, why would you not be armed? Yeah. You know? Look, man, people drive big cars all day, every day, and I'm not worried about them hitting me. Mm. Like, obviously, I, I look both ways when I cross the street, but I don't think the guy in the truck is going to just charge at me. I see people out in West Virginia armed all the time. Yeah. I, I'm not worried about them shooting me. I don't go like, oh, no, oh, they got a weapon. It's like <laughs> people people got cars. If they want to use them, they can use them in bad ways. People got guns. and use them in bad ways. All right. Kyle Beckman says, did I just hear that Tim now opposes universal health care? If not, you should ask parents in Canada, UK, how long it takes to get kids diagnosed with autism and start therapy. I'll put it this way. My, my criticism was California doubling their tax rate to pay for yes. it, which would just drive rich people away from the state and they would have no funds to pay for it. I think realistically, we, we, we as a, as a nation will struggle to implement something on a mass scale. I think idealistically, wouldn't it be great if we could have a functioning medical system universally for everybody? The problem is, as Ian mentioned, you can't because people don't take care of themselves, let
4: food be thy medicine. That's what Hippocrates, the father of modern medicine, instructed everyone to do. What I mean is, food. if you want universal health care, you also need to mandate
1: people do early morning calisthenics. That
4: diet. I mean, the, the medical industry and the food industry are so intertwined now. After what was it? Mm-hmm. The uh, 1910. They signed the uh, some 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 act got signed in 1910 where the medical industry basically they started to do away with homeopathic medicine. And, uh, the Flexner report it was the name of the report that got, that got issued. But it's the food. If you're gonna feed someone sugar and then give them Prozac to counteract the negative things, like, that's the same industry, basically, so essentially.
1: This is why it won't work. Because basically, if you try and do universal healthcare, a, a leak will spring up in your boat and you'll stick your finger in, and then another leak will pop and you'll keep trying to plug all the holes, which you can't do. So, ultimately, you just need decentralization.
5: Yeah, I, I don't think you can allow actual freedom. I, re- I think that uh, centralized healthcare is going to require a great deal of authoritarianism that we don't want. Especially yeah. in a country of 330 million people. It's not going to work. Or and,
1: serious cultural changes.
5: Yeah.
2: And the thing too is the healthcare system is already so corrupted. These interests have already overtaken Congress. Like, who are you expecting to do this in a way that isn't built on a, a bedrock of cronyism and corruption? that isn't really looking out for people's best interests. So the idea is really nice, but pragmatically and realistically, I don't think everybody in America is going to reelect progressive-only politicians who are going to scrap the entire system and then build a brand new one, which would already have its own issues because of the centralization.
1: All right, we got Murph. He says, Tim, when are you going to have Awaken with JP on the show? As soon as JP wants to come on the show. That's (laughs) right. He's going to be in D.C. for the rally
3: happening soon, so maybe we can get in contact with him then. JP,
1: if you hear this message, come on the show. Yes. We're here in the DC we're not far from DC, we're That's like right. an hour away. Uh that'd be awesome. I uh JP's awesome. I need guests. That'd be cool. let's go. Yeah. All right. Jamie says, I approve of your uh, I approve of your proof of pew pew.
5: That's right. That's right. I like that.
1: You walk up to a diner, and they're like, "Excuse me, do you have your guns? Uh, uh, yes, I have it right here. Ah, uh, excellent. And your wife? uh honey, do you have your your, your your Glock on you? I do. And your children? I see you have a young boy. Yes, he's got his AR with him. Whoa. Oh, wonderful. And your and your young seven year old daughter? She does have like a, like what would she have? Like, like, she like,
4: doesn't I'm... have one though. Well, we have one here that she can use? <laughs>
1: <laughs> that would be good here. And then like all they have are really big ones. Like a They've a got you know a, a Barrett <laughs> like. Well, she can't carry that. It's okay. What's what's that meme where it's like uh, children are not children and guns do not mix. They're too heavy. And then it was like children are better suited for crew served weapons. Yeah, that's
2: right. <laughs> that's it, it, it
1: builds teamwork, and yes. the and the mobile nature of the weapons allows them to better handle them. Correct. It'll be it'll that's be a a th- good meme. at the
4: booth with the, the crew served machine that's gun. Right. On it. It's attached. Yeah, to when, the table. when they
1: walk in, they're like, "Oh, I noticed your your young daughter doesn't have a weapon. Don't worry." And then she like they walk over, and there's like a rack of things yeah. to like. Here you go. You can have this one. I couldn't think of any of the good, really smaller weapons I had. And I also couldn't decide if she should even, if if the young girl should even get a smaller weapon and just get a standard one. Yeah. (laughs) Mr. Toad says, Tim, you quote it often in the movie Network, but have you seen it? How accurate do you think it is? I have a really, really long time ago, uh, when I was like really young. So I don't, I don't remember. I have to rewatch it for sure. But you guys remember that movie? I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You got to
4: open the windows or whatever. Like, scream at me. They used to tell me I was that guy. my <laughs> YouTube videos, they like, God, you're like the guy from Network. <laughs> I never saw it. Tankart says, if you read the
1: history of the Spanish flu of 1918, it was about two years of it and it was covered up by the media by the order of the Wilson administration because of World War One. Last wave was weak. Antibodies lasted 90 years. Wow, crazy! Yeah, I read a, I read a decent uh, a bit about it, and like the trenches were making it worse. People mm-hmm. were getting sick, and they were filthy and injured, and oh, geez, just really, really bad. All right, we'll just grab uh, we'll grab a couple more. Let's see if we can get in here. Free men die free says healthcare was number one in the U.S. prior to Medicare, Medicaid, etc. Subsidies and government intervention is always the problem. Doctors used to come to your home. That's true. Remember those stories? Doctor would show up. To be honest, though. Back then, medical treatment was something different.
5: Biting a bullet. <laughs> they didn't have anesthetic. Really? They would have yeah, you bite a during bullet? during Civil War. Yeah, like you'd oh, you, you yeah. die by choking instead of by, you know, gangsta. Man,
1: it's kind of crazy that they had to amputate your leg instead of just splashing some soap on it. <laughs>
5: yeah, we soap? are really lucky.
1: Antiseptics, man, no joke. We're That's so why, lucky. you know, we we got a bunch of, uh, I think, did you order the isopropyl alcohol, Ian? Yeah.
4: Yeah, Ian, and vinegar. Yeah. yeah. And iodine. And iodine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep yeah, it alive. People, that's right. Keep it healthy. Dude, soap is no joke. It, that's something I've learned from the pandemic too, is I wash my hands twice as much as mm. I used to. Soap and it's is no joke. Good. Soap is no joke, and it's not like just God-given that you have it in your house. It's not a, that's, it's, not it basically treatment. cured the black plague. <laughs> yeah. we, they didn't have soap, so they had a plague instead, but now you have soap, so use it. Alright, we got one
1: more here. Let's, uh, let's read this. The Belschnickel says, I got a fever and the only prescription is more Brent Mason Signature Telecaster. Much love and respect for Maisie. Carrie Lake for governor. That is right. That is right. Behind me is the Brent Mason Signature Telecaster. It's so good. It's so amazing. Uh, I'm just a bit, it's, it's an excellent guitar. And more importantly, if you watch Brent Mason actually play the guitar, you're just like, I, he's like a robot. It's just, it's just some of the best guitar playing I've ever seen. And uh, just an aside, you know, it's just hanging up there because it's a really great little instrument, and I'm, I'm stoked to have uh, to have one. But uh, my friends, you should go to TimCast.com and become a member right now because we are have a members-only segment coming up for you. We publish them around 11 or so p.m. We swear a lot. They're uncensored. They get spicy, so you want to check it out. You can also follow the show at TimCastIRL. Follow us on Instagram. We post clips all day, every day. And you can follow me at TimCast uh, basically everywhere else. Carrie, do you want to shout anything
2: out? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Carrie underscore Wedler. I'm on YouTube. I don't know if my channel is compromised as far as reach, but I would love it if you went to my channel and checked it out. And you can find me on Instagram. I was recently banned from TikTok, but I'm hoping to be back. No, I not We know. got banned from TikTok. I'm decided, yet. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think it's that hard. <laughs>
3: I'm thinking about starting a TikTok. I might do it. <laughs> I'm thinking about uh, getting banned on TikTok myself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> t- t- thank you, Ian. I appreciate that. I made a pretty interesting video about the end of COVID on youtube.com forward slash change. Check that out if you have some time. And I made a spicier one about Prince Andrew on LukeUncensored.com. Hope to see some of you guys there. Thanks so much for having me. And uh this was a great conversation. Great having my fellow anarcho-memist here. Uh, <laughs> Memist? I love it. <laughs> yes. Memist. Memerie. Whatever. is your YouTube
4: your YouTube channel Carrie Wedler?
2: It is, yeah.
4: Hey, everybody. Wearechange.org. Thank you. Ian. Hey, That was awesome. a weird
2: stance. Go get it. Did you like that? That's great. Yeah, it's like a,
5: so yeah, a T-Rex thanks, thing.
2: Tim. yeah. Calling me out on TV. <laughs> I'm surprised we had pants on. But yeah. Which is great. I wear jeans. He's wearing He's well. jeans right He's now. He's You guys can follow
4: me at iancrossland.net. I'm Ian Crossland. Thanks for coming. Carrie, great to see you.
2: Yeah, thanks and, you guys for having me.
5: I meant to say that. Definitely. And thank you guys all very much for tuning in. We will see you guys in the after show. And then tomorrow, you guys may follow me on Twitter at Sarah Patch Lids.
1: We will see you all at TimCast.com. Sign up. Support our journalists. Support our work. And we'll see you all in the members only show.